0: Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by puremtgo.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for Magic Card auctions in Australia, New Zealand and Malaysia. Now, onto the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 42. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community and creativity of primarily our favourite format of Commanders. Uh, Commanders, EDH, all those things in Magic the Gathering. I'm completely asked that this time. I don't care, it's fine. Plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influencers. It's good to be back this week, uh, you know, for uh, doing a guest thing. But uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Sam. Joined by, uh, as always, Cheshire the Lich Lord, the final boss of the dungeon. How you doing, my dude? I am the Crooked Vulture. <laughs> Why'd you say that? Is that a band? No. Them Crooked Vultures? Uh, Is the, that a band? No? Yes, Crooked Vultures. I'm, I'm awful with, with modern rock. Oh, it's, yes, that's right, the super group, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. The ones that are, that, that actually uh, have, but aren't run by um, Josh Homme.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, and and have and a have a Dave Grohl. Yes, that's right. And have a Dave Grohl. Have a Dave Grohl. Um, yeah. Associated Queens of Stone Age. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Elaine
1: Johannes, Bunch of like really cool people. John Paul Jones. Um, who else? Uh, they've had people cycle in and out. At one point, they did a gig where um, who was it?
0: Oh, geez. Oh my I my have God, no Iggy idea because my music taste is usually 50 years before. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, Iggy Pop got up on stage with them. Um, oh, and yeah. Was, was singing along with them and I was just like... Oh, just
0: a lazy Iggy, Iggy Pop.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. 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 So uh, them,
1: them Cricket... Crooked Vultures definitely go out and listen to them
0: because they are—they are actually pretty good. Nice and Cheshire's a Crooked Vulture this week. Sounds good because yep. um, you know, fun things to talk about with uh, uh, magic and ANZ and all that stuff. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, before we do that, we'll, we'll introduce our guest so uh, he can chime in and, and join the the, the valuable conversation. But um, as it always goes, our guest profiles of the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander. Why we play in an effort to promote and celebrate all those qualities in the form of just fun. Discussions and get to know who these people are and tell their story because everyone matters, everyone's got a great story to tell. So this week, uh, I think we hinted at this one for a little while. I've been trying to make this happen and uh, has been uh, someone I've shouted out many a time and uh, have always enjoyed kind of sharing ideas with. But um, we've got unique Commander Brewer and uh, Community Cultivator, I want to put uh host of the Quote of Arms podcast as one of the things he's doing, uh, also creator of the Skull Symbol Discord uh, and a regular feature on MTG and Quarantine podcast and Twitch streamer and all these other things. I'm sure you'll fill me in what I haven't <laughs> covered here, but this is uh, it's Coach J-Ro aka Unsummoned Skull. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing uh, very well. It's an honor to be here. It's uh, been a long time coming. I guess you could say it showed some fortitude. <laughs>
0: exactly. <Aww. laughs> oh, you know, I've been thinking love- of that
2: one ever since I found out what number this was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make that it's like I was going to joke that it's the meaning of life and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I know Chesh will make that joke because you're a big fan, right?
1: I mean, I was going to make that joke, but then I just thought that everyone would think that I would make that joke. Too easy. So I didn't want to think <laughs> that I would be what everyone thought, so I thought I would be different from what everyone thought. I love it. So instead of thinking what everyone thought and doing the thing they thought I would do, I decided not to do it, and so instead didn't think about doing the thing, so I didn't actually do it.
2: 4D so, chess,
0: buddy. I love so it. So
2: you deciding yeah. to behave like the treasure cat from the story,
0: then? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's who I am. <laughs> Checkmate. You are actually you're, you're you're completely acting as intended. It's great. Well, yeah.
1: it's it's funny because somebody brought it up the other day, and they were like, "Cheshire plays games, and Chesh breaks. Like Cheshire is in the cat. That's why you're so fucking weird, isn't it?" Because you are basically the Cheshire cat. Yeah. And
0: I'm like, <laughs> i
1: like, I smile all the time, like a big, stupid grin for no reason. And people usually ask me why. And yes, that's exactly why.
0: And that's that, that's why your Twitter name for, for various times has been Cheshire, like the cat, almost as like Cheshire, a response cat, Cheshire, <laughs> response to the uh, question. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into some stuff, but um, and, and, and a bit more into uh, J-Ro's story and everything. But I mean, very... I don't know, very quickly, I guess. Do you want to do a top-of-the-line uh, kind of overview of what you've been working on, J-Ro, and, and kind of uh, where people might know you from?
2: Well, there's a number of different things that I'm involved with. I am a, uh, a streamer, at, uh, so twitch.tv backslash on Summit Skull, and I do a variety of things, but uh, mostly it's magic-related. Uh, I started doing Arena and then sort of transitioned into just doing multiplayer formats and now we're doing mm. theme nights which uh, is one of the cool things about having cultivated a community is so i can get the community to do some crazy stuff love it
0: and so it's it- like kind of like that reinforcement that like uh looking at all the alternative angles of why this game could be fun and, and why creative brewing continues to do that and you know rather than just looking at the standard stuff which is always the identity i kind of get from you as well and that's why it's uh, fun to chat to you and always keen to quiz you on what we'd unsummoned to play next <laughs> and, and what, what kind of, what off-the-wall deck idea you're working on next because it's, it's you know, again, one of those things that is just inspiring, keeps the game going every week.
2: I mean, that even just, uh, so even just that idea was an episode of uh, MTG in Quarantine that we, we brainstormed together because we talked about how four different players could look at the Commander's Selenia and make completely mm. different decks. Love that. Uh, and that's one of the crazy off the wall decks that I have is my Suicide Selenia deck. That aims, <laughs> it aims to put a lich effect out, or something that says you don't
0: lose the game, set your life Ooh. total to zero, and then swap life totals. Oh, yes, I love this idea. I've um, I've heard of a few people kind of attacking it, but it's that whole if you ever want to breathe life into the game, look at those kind of effects for like just living on the edge, and mm-hmm. and how much how kind of wild and and unhinged that can make the the game feel that you're you're. You're playing in a realm where it's, you know, you're not used to your same your comfort blankets of, uh, you know, your foot boots, all that stuff, or like your uh, any kind of normal thing like a life total as a cushion. It's like no, you're 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 living as as extremely as you possibly can, and that's hilarious. Oh and yeah, when
2: um, I play that deck, the first person who hits me for damage, I
0: always say, "Harder, daddy!" <laughs> 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 if nothing else, it throws them off. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So, uh, no, we'll get into, uh, like I say, we'll, we'll speak a bit more about, um, love to quiz you about your, um, kind of find out about uh, your, the way you kind of brew decks, the way you kind of look at Commander and what the community's meant, all that stuff. Um, but I guess as a bit of status quo, we're going to dive into Brewer's Notes and, and see what we've all been up to, uh, any ideas and, and kind of, uh, you know, any games we've played lately. Um, I'll start off with Chech because uh, last, well, oh, there's been a few things, actually, we can we can dig up, but... We- Hello. Hi, Chesh. As I said, you are the Lich Lord, the final boss of the dungeon, as you became. Um, we had – I'll set the stage a little bit. We had our normal Tuesday night stream uh, where we generally hang out with with Caitlin and, and another generally Australian, New Zealand guest. Um, it was Rod this time, King of Engineers, and Rod's actually got us thinking about and kind of gearing up for a, a brew-off next week for who can venture the dungeon uh, venture into the dungeon with the uh the d and d cards uh the most effectively kind of thing so it's got to be thematic and and not, not just cool. brewing with staples uh necessarily it's kind of generally has got to have a bit of flavor in it and, and you know who can probably do Play the most A bit of vanilla ice
1: cream makes a good flavour Totally,
0: who can do the kind of craziest Off the wall stuff, I guess So that's that's an interesting <laughs> one we're gearing up to To kind of brew around And uh, Chesh already bought the, the precon con uh, With the Esper Commander I can't remember that, that commander's name Sephris of the Hidden Waves That's right, and so on Tuesday We played a bit of a mishmash of different Commander decks But uh, you played Sephris and you made a couple Of updates to it and um, You had a fun time and, and you Very quickly became Arch Enemy as the uh, <laughs> as someone who's clearly handling the dungeon pretty well and um, you know, in a position we couldn't do much about.
1: <laughs> so I, I guess the first thing I should say to everyone is, so Sephiroth is, it's weird. So Sephiroth's art almost looks like Ninja, um, but it's mm. not Ninja. Um, they're actually a human wizard 2-3. Uh, whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, mm. you get to venture into the dungeon once each turn. And I don't each think, turn.
0: I don't think you originally registered that it was each turn. You're kind of like budgeting for it to just be on your turn.
1: Yeah, I was. Mm. And then as soon as I realised I was like, oh no. Oh no, this <laughs> it's is very good. Double time. Um, uh, Sephiroth also has create undead. So whenever you complete a dungeon, return Tiger Creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Now, I was also doing long dungeons, as well as not realizing that it was on everyone's turn. Mm. Um, I decided to lean towards aristocrats in the deck, because it felt like it wanted to be aristocrats. But then I read that it was from anywhere, and, and I'm going to make a, another update to the deck later on, um, probably tonight um that includes more of a graveyard recursion thing yeah totally because um, you were able like to trigger that pretty darn reliably yes um and that's the thing like so if you choose a small enough dungeon and if you've got the right um and they're not infinite loops they're just loops but if you've mm. got the right loops oops, he says he just knocks everything over <laughs> all broken there
0: we go pick up the pieces
1: yeah um if you have the right loops, and not infinite loops, but just the right loops, you can then start looping this on everyone's turns where you're sacrificing a creature and then you're getting, or two creatures, and you're getting two creatures back because you've got an enabler that when it comes into play, it basically revives a creature from your discard pile, um, uh,
0: like Karmic Guide and stuff like that, or whatever it's called, mm. um, Sun Titan... Oh, (laughs) remember how much the, uh, the protection from black that, uh, came up on that, um, on, on the, the karmic guide is like, Oh,
1: no, we, we." and I want to point out that karmic guide isn't one of those things that has been, um, that hasn't been widely available to magic players for a long time. Mm. Um, karmic guide, having a reprint that is included in this particular deck makes a lot of sense. But he's also like, oh, he's a comic guide. I haven't been able to get my hands on one of these. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's great. Wizards took the right step, kind of. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, they sort of float um, around the place, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But so like I rebuilt the deck a little bit and included a lot of pieces from aristocrats, just thinking yep. like, well, aristocrats seem to like revolve around this deck quite well because you're just, you know, putting creatures in the bin, basically, whenever you can, and then entering the dungeon. And then I was like, well... What if I play Entombed and Buried Alive and that sort of stuff so I can actually literally just... And and stuff that makes me discard from my hand to you know, affect the board or or other players. Because it's like there's all of these different ways that you can get creatures from wherever they are into your bin Mm. and then enter the dungeon. And I'm like, oh, there's so much I could do here, so much better. So that's going to be the next step is figuring out how to move forward but you're right like i once i i got the things in line once i started realizing what the deck could actually do and that i had the pieces on the field I, I basically made myself enemy number one because I was <laughs> taking turns that were like five minutes long. I, um,
0: I could tell you having so much fun though, and that was the best. Like, I, the, the bit that made me smile, like I was just like, yeah, you're like oh, this is like, I, just Esper is, I think your your zone, like you just like, it's, oh, my jam. Oh, oh. it's my jam. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, it,
1: and once I figured it out, I was I was in heaven. Yeah, little, I was just so happy. Such a cool because I was like, this deck has so much power to it, and I didn't even like pump it that much. Yeah. Exactly, it's doing flavor and stuff. So
0: much fun. I will say that too, the, um, I was just looking through the deck list, and Commandosphere Sphere and Wayfarer's Bauble, I didn't see this, have new art prints. New
1: which, art. Wow,
0: for the first time in <laughs> forever. Like, that's, I, I love original Wayfarer's Bauble, but yeah.
2: Yeah, some people yeah. were thrown off by, as well, by the new Wayfarer's well, Bauble art, I think.
0: What is it? It's just a little trinket, I guess. I guess kind the other of, one's it's not iconic it- enough, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not even a it's bauble though. I guess is the only no thing.
1: it's no longer a spiky ball. Yeah, it's
0: no longer a sea urchin or anything. So I don't know, but it's kind of cool. I I do dig it. I think that's kind of cool. And then oh, looking at the, like the the uh the other part of um as 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 uh the it's very interesting as the deck list is formatted on the Magic uh, website or whatever. There's everything, and then other for some reason. Not in artifacts, just other. Immovable rod. <laughs> it's just how funny was playing that against our friend King of Engineers, who is you know named Rod, mm-hmm. and that's actually <laughs> his name. And it was very funny to play a card called Immovable, immovable Rod and actually be effective against Rod. So um, that was very funny. So love it. I had to delete the Immovable Rod because it was locking down my stuff. It's a good card. <laughs> it it, it yeets all the abilities off a thing. Like it's very funny. Yeah, the, the, the-,
1: rod, the rod's just like. Hey, like I'm just gonna shut. I'm gonna shut this thing up.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna make sure it just pisses <laughs> off. Like the art is hilarious, it's great. So um, yeah. I, I have to ask you, Jero, as a uh, I know you do a lot of D and D stuff. How have you felt generally about the um the the set playing out? Whether it's kind of you know on the arena stuff or most most importantly commander, and um, have I you been brewing anything or?
2: I haven't really played a lot of of uh, the, the new set. Uh, yep, with or against it. Uh, actually, the only one I've seen uh, played has been the red-black commander that exiles. Um, i played against it once, and it didn't really do a lot. Oh, Prosper? Is it the pre-con I Yeah,
0: one? people are high on Prosper, but I didn't see it do that yeah. much. I'm uh, pretty keen on that deck and the other stuff in it, but yeah.
2: I'm not sure. Uh, so, maybe. I, I. The thing about the set, actually, that has me most excited and actually i just got my first cards from the set and the only cards i really want from the set that i know of are the colored equipment
0: oh yeah weird as
2: that will sound because i'm trying to make a new format interesting so i know we we talked about me as a brewer me as a community influencer well one of the things i'm trying to do to combine those things is i want to create a new format the format i want to make is arsenal so, I like playing Oathbreaker, Ooh. and that's going to be uh, some. Oathbreaker is going to be one of my first uh, uh, series that I have on my YouTube channel, which is, uh, which, mm. which is about to start. And by the time people will listen to this, it probably will have started. Nice. Um, <clears throat> that's called uh, Oath and Dagger, the name of that series. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> so, Arsenal is the name of the format I want to create, which is uh, <clears throat> so you take. A minimum sixty-card deck, so you could just take yep. a one hundred-card commander deck, put a card in your in the arsenal along next, to, uh, so next to your commander, and be set.
0: Hmm.
2: But I like this idea that you can take a colored equipment that's in your commander's identity, mm-hmm. a colored vehicle that's in your commander's identity, or an umbra. Ooh. Uh, so one of the totem armors. So you can have basically a sword, a shield, or a tank. Cool. (laughs) It's like Batman. Yeah. I don't know why. that's the first thing I thought of. That's so rad. (laughs) So I like the the combination of things together. Minimum 60 cards, so you can go as high as you want. Want to make a battle of wit Enjoy yourself, man. Have fun. (laughs) I don't necessarily like the 100-card stipulation, nor do I necessarily like forcing people to go down to 60.
0: Yeah, exactly. Play what's fun. Yeah. That uh, sounds so, like so much fun! Oh man, the uh, the ideas are flowing in my head now. Like, where would I go with that? It's um, it's wild.
2: So I started. So it's been it's been a process, and something I've been discussing on the server. We have a number. So in my Skull Symbol server, we have a number of side different things. Just because I created the server to be a uh, <clears throat> to be an LFG place, so that I can consistently get yeah. games to fire. It's become so much more than that. <laughs> and one of the so one of the uh, channels on there is uh, let me find it uh, prospective cards and formats. Mm. So people talk about card design. People talking about possible formats that they like to make, which is where Arsenal comes in. So I just picked up pretty much every colored equipment, Umbra uh, vehicle, and I'm going to start brewing. I'm going to take some of my old breaker decks. I don't play very much, and see if I can jam a commander in there instead, and an equipment, and see how that, or an equipment or vehicle or Umbra, and see how that works. Um, I can do that to old commander decks too, and maybe put some new life into it. But mm. I created this because one of the things I do, or uh, we talk, we're talking about D and D as well. Um, I do horde magic, H O R D E. Oh yeah. Uh, I do that every Wednesday because uh, it's nice to go in the middle of the week to a cooperative format mm. because and we're helping each other around. change the dynamic around. We're helping each other get through a difficult week. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Right. I, I, I like that image.
0: Um, great, great analog.
2: Yep. <clears throat> so yeah. So that, so I, I like the idea of using Arsenal for that uh, because mm. then it feels like you're, you're the commander going in there with your weapon, trying to fight against a horde of enemies.
0: Which That's feels very cool me.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one more thing related to D&D, though, before we probably transition to a new topic. I am now on the... Uh, so, shouting out things that I'm involved in, which is still kind of on topic. I am on <laughs> the development group for uh, Wayfarer.
0: With, oh, uh, yeah. it's Ashton and Thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. yeah Shout-out to Thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. We... We we're talking to thirteen ages ago. Uh, had had um, uh, as a guest on the on the, the cast is great, but yeah, that's that's been awesome to see, and I think it's got everyone thinking a little bit, like and, and opening their their kind of you know arms and minds to things that may not be sanctioned formats because that's how Commander started, and um, where creativity can go, and and that that little thing there, which it's kind of uh, satisfies a part of the game I love, is is finding homes for cards, like and. and I, I I feel like most cards can find a home somewhere, and that kind of thing really uh, kind of just stimulates that for sure. So um, yeah, how's Wayfair been going?
2: Wayfair has uh, been interesting. It's really cool to see my designs become reality. Yeah, because I mean, you know I'm crazy in terms of how I design uh, cards and decks, but I have mm. a really deep knowledge of the game and what's been printed, what uh, what's printable, what isn't printable. Some cool things I'd like to see more of, less of. Uh, one of some of the cards that have been revealed that they have shown uh, that I designed were, uh, so I designed the third of a set of five uh, acts, so I got to have the climax. And they're fighting, oh, wow. uh, the, the Wayfarers are fighting this giant battle. I can't give away too much about it. I think mm-hmm. the episode might have already aired, but I don't know. But basically they're fighting this giant battle and some of the cards I designed are traps. Mm. Like I love traps in, in magic. Um, just things you don't see coming, being able to go like, gotcha. It's just mm-hmm. so awesome without, without needing to go to silverboard and stuff.
0: <laughs> Literally card type trap. Yeah, exactly. Often too. Like there's some cool ones. Yep.
2: I'm uh, talking about brewing one of my uh, one of my favorite decks. I, I brewed uh, the deck itself predates um, Commander Legends, but there is a Commander Legend as one of the partners. It's a mm. <clears throat> Vile Smasher and Clark Traps.
0: Oh, uh, that's odd. That is It has,
2: has traps and free spells. Yeah. So, um, so, so so I consider those to be traps too.
0: Yeah, they tr- they um, trigger effectively off uh, virus mostly mm-hmm. for sure, because it's that whole thing. uh told were talking the other day about Rashmi and and you know that general. That's a, a a fun little kind of thing to build around, which is like things that care about like CMC, but uh, can be cast for much less. That kind of stuff is always quite cool.
2: Yep, and this stacks because I'm casting them for free, I can cast it for free, and if Clark puts it back in my hand, which of course you know I oh. love doing,
0: <laughs> multiple traps. <laughs> Yeah, I can do it on someone else's turn. You have to drop the Yu-Gi-Oh quote too, right? You you know, it's hard not to, I guess. I mean, I'm on Summon Skull. Returning (laughs) things to
2: people's hands and making obscure Yu-Gi-Oh references is right in my wheelhouse. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now I have one question about Arsenal, and because it's like I can't stop thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with uh you know you know I love a uh, a certain commander that it clearly probably should be a vehicle but it's not. <laughs> what happens when uh, you choose skeleton ship as your arsenal kind of uh, commander? And um, you there are a, other boats, th- so you can just have a fleet. That's what I mean. A boat drive a boat? Can we? Do- yes, yes. Why not? Which I know is completely legal. It's just the funniest uh, flavor I could think of. Yeah. Or a boat holding a sword is pretty funny. Well,
2: That's, a um, boat, yeah, yeah a, a boat holding a sword is interesting. A boat guiding another <laughs> boat though isn't necessarily that unusual.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like a what do you even call it? It's kind Boardy of just
1: McBoaty face. Yeah,
0: Boaty McBoaty face. It, the boat just like drives into another boat. Although <laughs> just become what I would want to do like then is
2: see if I could stifle the uh, the triggers so that <laughs> if you try to crew the omen keel and, and I can say no, I'm going to keel haul you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man so i mean that's that's one of the most glowing recommendations to uh if anyone can and if they haven't already to uh to catch a game with JRO. um to to look forward to references such as that and whatever you do we'll find a pun whether it be pun musical be- or whatever there'll be a pun you before you even know it Exactly. it would be a trap card pun. Exactly.
1: That was a pun. Upon you. Okay.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it it is upon us. Yes, Exactly. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um I had one other thing It's kind of got me off oh wow, far out. It's up. so many things that have just gone down the rabbit hole. I can't even remember there's another point I was gonna make about what I was brewing. There's a few things actually. It's um funnily enough, brewer's notes literally is a is a, a book of notes for me this week because it, it is one of those weeks where, you know, I think for all of us, uh, interest ebbs and flow and inspiration ebbs and flows. And uh, as I think as as mainly also from like last weekend, Chesh and I were um, got to be a part of the Mana Squad stream and that's up on YouTube now. And that was a very funny time as uh, I joked and and they joked that um, Skeleton Ship getting (laughs) blown up three times in a row by Chesh, (laughs) Target acquired, had (laughs) me like, I, I almost had a little bit of salt. Because it was like the uh, the the you know of, of all the things on the board to blow up, uh, Chesh just appreciated my boat, which is, which is oh cool. no you had salt <laughs> oh yeah I, I was a little bit salty but oh, uh, you, you had it, salt. well, of course the you best had
2: salt where do you think a boat's going to go yeah, exactly. on the
0: ocean? salt and brine my friend <laughs> <laughs> and bone meal uh, but uh, no we we had a, an absolute blast and um, we had two games got to play skeleton ship Chesh played rogues Chesh also played do you play the fire again.
1: Mm, yes.
0: Man, that's a fire deck. Brando's been playing it on um, MTG Lexicon as well. And everyone's like, please take that deck off the list. Like, because he, he's been having those 20, like, you know how he's, he goes into the tank, loves it. Yeah. But um he's been having those twi- like, 10, 20 minute turns. Everyone's uh. like groaning. It's like, yeah. Like, it's, uh, again, it's a fun deck. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a bit much. Sometimes you go that far, and you've then just got a board of elementals, and you have to pass the turn. And it's like, we cast like 15 spells and yeah. And that's why it's funny. There's storm, there are storm cards in the deck that are quite effective, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and usually what happens, I you'll misinterpret the deck and go, ah, oh, they're fine. Then, you know, they're not going any, like they don't have anything on board or whatever. And that's the whole point. All you need is a fire starter of a mana geyser and you're off to the races. And That's generally the way it works. So um, scary stuff mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, yeah. anyway, no, I, I digress. Yeah. I'll go for it. Okay. I
2: was going to say that some, I actually played against a... a I it was three Veyrans and my Rutha, My Merutha won because oh, uh, nice,
0: nice. But
2: you, you know I'm going to play Rutha out of those uh, out of those choices because it's the of one course. that unsummons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pay uncommon. Two mana, exactly. You pay two mana, bounce it, and copy a spell. Well, for I uncommons, there is uh, uncommon commander is an up and coming. Uh, he's an up and coming uh, brewer who's on my uh, <clears throat> he's on my disc. Uh, so my the skull
0: symbol as well. Oh, nice, just doing all Uncommon Commanders kind of thing.
2: Yep, uh, and Literally. so he has a, a podcast of his
0: own. Yep. Uh, but yeah, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah,
2: yep. So I have Rutha because it's basically uh, just add two colorless to whatever giant expo you're casting and do it yeah. again. Yeah, uh, bring it back. Yeah, it's similar to I have a draw new deck that specializes in doing things like uh, Torment of Hellfire for nine, copy it three times.
0: <laughs> Game over. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do it for twenty-seven.
2: I just do it for three times. Uh, just do yeah, exactly. it. Uh, just do it for nine three times. Work smarter, so.
0: not harder. Exactly. No, yep. I love it. It's um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, there's been these things kind of floating around that have kind of had me in a in a state of actually thinking a lot more about like some great projects I want to kind of finish off, uh, deck brews that kind of thing, and and creating a whole bunch of new ones. So as I se- as I kind of said, this actually turned out as I was working during the week too for the first time in ages, a literal notebook of notes of, of the That's things it. I'm working on because I need to take notes of, like, keep an eye on on these projects and when they the uh, inspiration ebbs and flows. But um, I, I might even just reel off what I was kind of looking at this week, uh, you know, just all of them. Um, some, some aren't the most original, but some are just fun and they kind of just spike interest in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, we've got... Uh, General Kudrow was always what I wanted to look at. I just want to look at commanders that kind of overlooked and no one's really doing anything with them. That could just be a fun oars of humans thing. I'm sure there's lots of spicy stuff we could do there. We had. I feel like no one touches Zara, the the renegade, uh, the, the pirate that takes stuff out of out of the opponent's hands. Uh, oh you
2: know, yeah, what are the reasons from, for that being in play? They're in person Dexterity.
0: play. Dexterity. Yeah, totally, totally. And they're the kind of things too. I think we've generally found, uh, you know. Ways to to play such effects, or you kind of just you know we've talked about heaps before. Sometimes you're like, I just don't feel like playing that effect because it's a bit hard to manage, you know, holding a Paco type yeah. thing. Easiest Definitely way i was... seen
2: to resolve it and like spell table play is just to DM the person.
0: Yeah, I think that's the main one. That's what makes it really tricky with uh, anything that's revealing one player's hand because that's information that's that's exclusive kind of thing. So um, yeah. that kind of just led into an idea I've wanted to do for a while, which is like. Uh, the opponent's hands matter if that makes sense and, and playing playing kind of abilities from hands with maybe a Krosis in Grixis that kind of thing but more using your telepathy stuff because I always enjoy that effect when everyone's showing what they have in their hand um and the kind of weird dynamics that creates for sure uh, that is an idea that,
2: that I had from uh I was trying to think of ways to make Xur that be interesting so like Zur that goes to find telepathy yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, and, and you always have to do that preface. It's like it's not that kind of zoo. Which I mean, I'm sure if you're playing it too, it's never going to be that kind of zoo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, next one was uh, we had Dromar has been. I've been collecting cards for Droma for a very long time, which is just uh, just color switching stuff, which reminds me of talking to MJ last week and uh, MJ talking about how. Uh, he was doing the, what was it? The kind of, um, the lightning brew thing with, with you and, uh, blind seer. And you're like, I've uh, made a yeah. blind seer deck before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I have. Uh, the
2: yeah. problem was that it actually wound up being too strong for my play group.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild, isn't it? Like you can do some wacky things, switching colors. I love it. In this um, case, what so, I
2: was doing was, uh, I, I put all the
0: swords in it. Oh, Protection. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of nuts.
2: <laughs> so, I was trying to figure out how do I win with the thing, and I did have Psychic Allergy, which is an awesome one. Yep. I need Psychic to look that card up right now. Uh, Psychic Allergy deals damage to opponents equal to the number of cards of the color that I choose, and so I just change the color.
0: Oh, wow. I love that. I love so that. So somebody
2: goes off with a, with a ton of tokens, and you just stop, that's a repeatable War <laughs> <board> of <job> Charm.
0: <laughs> wow. That is excellent.
2: Yeah, there's some really oh. cool, uh, oddball burn spells. Uh, one of my favorite decks is Simic Burn, and I have uh, Primal yeah.
0: Order in there. I I was going to shout that one out at it, um you know as we go into uh, some of your decks, but um yeah like I mean if you're yeah we'll leave that for a little bit anyway be, because that was the one I remember one of the first times I'm like what what is this? <laughs> like, this is the kind of brew that like goes gets you excited for inverting colors and what they usually do. And oh, um well, I know what, one of the
2: decks uh, that's on my pre well, brew i put it together now it's it's uh, i just I need to sleeve it is uh, Zergo helm smasher mardu control it's color shifted control
0: <laughs> cool it's a mardu
2: deck it. that has 10 counter spells
0: yes <laughs> i love it your tides and your, your tip trickeries and your uh other things that have been printed but um oh i can't wait to say that that's excellent yep. uh um, and
2: plus i can find them all with uh so uh, what was it? Sunforger. uh sunforger yep
0: sunforger yeah. going oh, to find counter
2: spells why the hell not right <laughs> the best the best exactly
0: love it so, so sunforger yeah the te- with
2: double strike makes it so that zero is a one-shot kill
0: yeah oh dang yeah that's powerful it's like it's just like cool tempo <laughs> yeah. i really i really like the idea of the way that card that uh that that deck would play for sure so um the yes. next one was, we had we had Colfnor is, is one I've wanted to look at for ages. Oh, being uh, the just, last you or the blue-green or the black-green one? Uh, the the last you, so the Abzan one. I've always okay. loved the Grixis, oh, the, sorry, the, the, the Golgari one, um, mm-hmm. the Sapling, and I've always wanted to chuck that in a deck, but um, was was thinking about ever since playing, like, some Sealed in, um, uh, I think we're in the same league, actually, Collins League, was it, uh, for Commander Legends Sealed. Um I think you were part of that, weren't you, Jared? Yeah. Yeah, and we um I think a few people I think a couple of people played Colfiner, but that was definitely one I stuck with for most of the time and just had an absolute blast with and learned the little ways Colfiner works and just love love, you know, basically a character that looks like an ant and so
2: you know, I built functions it. Do you want to tell you how? Ooh, go for it. I made tree cycling. <laughs> That's what I call it. That's pretty good. Tree cycling. <laughs> uh cycler so it's uh, remember to tree cycle yep it's a absent cyclers uh so what i do with the deck is i cycle until i get to a living death effect and then i have a oh that's hot (laughs) and then with colfinor what i can do is i can play some of the creatures normally and when they Hmm. die i get back a cycler and i just cycle it to get further into the deck
0: Oh, that's amazing. And that's the way I kind of, I love that idea of like going, Kolfanel's got that interesting trigger where it's whenever another creature dies, or or Kolfanel does, return Mm -hmm. a creature to your, 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 from your graveyard to your hand with lesser toughness. So there's a lot of things you can do that are pretty wacky there. So can you
2: guess which words I like best out of that? Uh,
0: From? Return a creature (laughs) to hand. Well, there you go. It, te- it technically is not unsummoned from your graveyard, for sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. So, well, on the on the pun train, uh, the way I was looking at it, and, and mainly because I had a bunch of enchantress effects lying around to kind of make the base of something, was trying to find the wackiest auras and that kind of thing and calling it Colfin auras. So, uh, the <laughs> the the way I was looking at it as well is is the kind of not used so much bestowability. I love the idea of bestow because it's... Um, uh, you kind of get double usage out of your cards. They are technically creatures in your yard, you know, that kind of thing. And then I, I always enjoy a lot of the black effects uh, with enchantments, like the, um, uh, what's the one, gives minus one, do make giant. That's just like a nice vegetable, good card. Like it's just good fun. Um, and a bunch of other stuff, you know, Hateful Eidolon to draw cards when auras kind of kill things and that kind of stuff and Grim Guardian. But yeah, I mean, that and then, put, then... Um, Eidolon of
2: countless battles and... Yeah, maybe... yeah. <clears throat> that and the black one for the Creatures in Graveyard. It's a pretty nice combo The Creatures too. in
0: Graveyard one is insane. That's the... Uh, oh, Night oh, Howler. Yeah, that that gets enormous. Like, absolutely enormous. So, um, But yeah, heaps of fun stuff I want to chuck in there. Again, fla- Flavor Wins are always lovely. Like, you know, you're, you're chucking in Sapling of Kolfanur. You're chucking in one of my favourites, Colfiner's Urn. Colfiner has an Urn that, uh, that kind of just gobbles up, I think... Is it... Uh, large... Toughness creatures, I believe, or something. Oh, here it is, right here. Uh, yeah, large toughness, four above um, creatures. When they die, you put them in the urn, and then at the end of turn, if, if three things were put... In, at the end of the urn, uh, if things were put in the uh, the, the graveyard... Uh, sorry, the, the urn, if three were, you may sacrifice the urn, and they just pop back into play. So so would that be, uh,
2: so would you say that you earned their return?
0: <laughs> There's so many urn puns. <laughs> exactly, yeah. so... Coffin is going to be a fun one. I think that's, that's one of the primaries. And then the last one, the last one, uh, no, it's not the last one. Seriously. This notebook went on forever this week was, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this one a little bit later when we talk about coat of arms, uh, sorry, the coat of arms podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and talking about tribal kind of synergies. People were talking about, uh, shouting out, uh, our mutual friend, Peter, mono whiteboarder this week going, Oh, look, you play eye skeletons now because of skeleton swarming in the D and set And, cool. uh, my mind to me that it went like, oh, archolos is a card that I've wanted to find a weird deck to play with. Like what does Archolos work with? Either weird salt eye vehicles, which is another brew I'll work with, but skeletons as well is kind of fun. And skeletons are just a delightful tribe. And I know Peter's talked about it, like why, what skeletons mean to him and how funny they are and all the wacky things you can do, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, so when you Archelos... start to
2: get a, you start to get an idea together and put some, some idea or put some cards with it, I guess you could say you have a, a decent skeleton.
0: exactly (laughs) all right all right we've got so the last one and i want you to i know you're going to find a pun for this one um and again on on the tribal kind of spectrum uh abishan cephalids is one i've wanted to look at for ages uh and it's the perfect verity circle deck so you can just make things tap down and uh draw cards from but um apart from that just various other weird effects with cephalids uh that i'm i'm going to find some of the wackiest cards to put together for it. So um I just think cephalids are really nifty and, and as I say at the end of the episode every time, like we, we ask for pictures of cephalids because I think they're rad, they're uh, cool squiddy creatures. So I don't know. Should be wild. Yeah you don't have mm-hmm. to go you don't have to look too far for squid based puns. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll ink them down so uh, yeah that, that's that's been my kind of weird week in just like having a, an absolute maelstrom of ideas kind of brewing around and you know hopefully I'll be able to not only just like finish some of them but um, play them quite soon as well so um, yeah it should be good Oh, one one card I do have to uh, shout out for uh, Abishan I'm looking at and I've been looking at the, again the deck to play it in and I might even quiz you because I'm sure you'll have an idea Hairstrong Koto, six mana artifact, tap and untap creature control to for target player to mill a card. Hmm. All the things you could do with the hairstrong Koto.
2: Yeah, and there, um, does, does this target player
0: or target opponent? Ah, oh, target player. You can do it yourself.
2: Yeah, so there are different cards you can trigger once certain things go into the graveyard. <clears throat> uh, so from, from anywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm very fun one so um yeah I just I just again I love sifting through cards finding something and go hmm,
2: but as a card in the, the 99 you don't want to get too strung out over it <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly you wouldn't want to pull your hair out exactly um, yes that that was that was solid good stuff so um I guess before uh, I was gonna say we'll, we'll, we'll uh, sift over to the main points, but uh, Chesh kind of had this in a main point because I'm sure he wants to talk about this in a in a main point context. Um, but uh, I guess we'll jump into it. You had a point, Chesh, about uh, something happening with uh, magic in Australia and New Zealand, as I joked about before.
1: Wizards, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Weird um, times, so, weird times. For those people who don't know, uh, and I assume it's going to be most people because this was a private secret Discord um, for Australian, New Zealand, pretty much APAC, really, but mostly Australian, New Zealand yeah. um, official wizards discord where we had um, our contacts here in Australia because we've, in the past, when we've tried to contact any wizards people from America, they basically just don't give a shit about us and mm. ignore us. Um, not to say that they always have. I've had some really good opportunities because of, you know, my stature within the community and my. You know, assistance and your Cheshire, content creation. Your Cheshire Grin. My Cheshire Grin. Um, but they have decided in their infinite wisdom to blow up the ANZ Discord and merge it with the uh, Magic the Gathering Arena community-run Discord. Mm. <laughs> and And if you're not already getting from this how ridiculous a move this is, Um, Just think about it this way, anyone who's ever been on Reddit or Facebook groups as a content creator and asked a content creator question, uh, and then if you remember any fucking movies from the 80s with piranhas and somebody falling into a pool of piranhas, you'll understand exactly what this means. Um, It's tone deaf, it's Mm. inappropriate, and it's so hands-off, it says, we don't give a shit
0: about you. Yeah. So it's really disheartening after all the work we've put in. Mm. So there, there was talk, and a few people have said it. Um, and I, know Caitlin, and um, a few of our friends around just said, "Well, let's we we will naturally stick together as a bunch of us know each other, and you know, in a place that we've joked about before. Like we do feel like we're at the edge of the earth in the magic scene, but we kind of do what we can. But we will be, you know." keeping our own kind of uh, crew together in, in, in a way that supports and, and to, to kind of keep things going as much as we can anyway and kind of self-govern as far as we can.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I, when I found out about this last night, literally my post in that that official ANZ Discord was, I'm out, suckers! Yeah. Puts on helmet and rides loud Harley out the front doors. Which, yeah. I felt like for the last year or so that we've been on the outs. Um, totally. That... Wizards Australia do care, but Wizards US just kind of, like when they shut down the creator program, when they decided in their infinite wisdom, um and, and part of the reason why we started this podcast, and we were actually going to be doing a documentary series for this as well, mm. um, was that they were doing that content creator thing where they were going to fund content creation, mm. and they didn't. Um, ANZ crew were going to set up a studio for all ANZ people to use within Melbourne, which never happened. Mm. Um, All of these things, and it's just like, you know, the Australian Wizards crew trying so hard to kind of keep their head
0: above water and just be like, we do care, we do care, we do care. And there were people putting a lot of work outside of their usual responsibilities and stuff, just to kind of look after, you know, or make sure... They they kind of got a um, yeah an ear to the ground and kind of talking to to people in Australia doing stuff basically.
1: Yeah, and and only to have Wizards US basically turn around and nah. just
0: go <laughs> whatever, dudes. <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's just like and and I'm gonna go on record here, and this is this is going to be a fun time because <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get an email about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizards US, unbeknownst to you, Wizards are you supported our moves on PAX, supported community events at PAX that I ran with my uh, good friend Caitlin, Mm -hmm. um, where we ran tables uh, in line with PAX that PAX gave us to run um, in conjunction with some Australian retailers where we were doing free drafts and commander games and stuff because you decided to pull the plug on having a presence here at PAX and and take your massive booth and run mm. away mm. because you somehow feel like maybe that we you don't make enough money here, even though I know the figures and I know you do, um, but you just couldn't give a shit about A and Z. Yeah. And that is and even Wizards, Wizards, just hear me out, even if you feel like what I'm saying is unjust or untrue, that's not how we all see it. Mm. When you are pulling our major events when you are pulling uh you know uh, monthly events when you are pulling all of that support away from our country and leaving us to just basically deal with it Mm. it's extremely irresponsible to want us to for some reason still do content in your name
0: (laughs) and support your game you know like it's it's and it's kind of I know a lot of us just thrive at, like you know, on addiction of you know being part of it, that kind of thing. And I tend to mm-hmm. keep a very optimistic, you know, I don't actually even care about the company type thing. View it's like I'll I'll make my own fun. But yeah, disheartening is the word I think as well. Like, yeah, uh,
1: and look, I've I've always made the comment of Wizards does nothing to uh, assist smaller content creators and incentivize bigger creators to work with them. Yeah. And, and that's always been a major factor for us here in Australia. Totally. All of the contacts we've had, we've fought for. Mm. Um, I have created pathways and put those put people on those pathways and gone, you should be doing this because you're really good at it. Here's a person you need to speak with. Or, hey, do you know this person? You should go on their podcast or their stream, et cetera, et cetera, to try and get those people opportunities. Exactly. Um, and probably should have been a bit more selfish but I'm not a dickhead. <laughs> um, but I've I've always been... I, it's weird because I've always felt like, Wizards, why didn't you just hire somebody like me to go... You know, Mishi was that person, right? Yeah. Once Mishi once left, like, everything went downhill. Contact stopped. I've but heard that a lot, yeah. Mishi yeah, was one of those people who stood up for content creators, especially the smaller creators, and created those pathways as well. Yeah. And I just feel like Wizards should have given somebody here a chance because originally it was with a PR company that that I actually got them. To, fuck, why did I even bother? <laughs> I got them the contract with Wizards. Wizards yeah. came to me and went, if, if you wanted somebody to run our events and stuff from Australia if you wanted somebody that had contact with you and other content creators, who would it be? Mm. And I'm the one who got that, and I'm not going to mention the company uh, because I don't want to cause any blab, but um, I'm the one who got them that contract because I said to Wizards and I said to Henry, like, this is the people you want to go through. These people I know personally, I've known them for many, many years and they're very good at the job that they do. And Wizards ended up even pulling out of that a year after the contract was signed because Wizards US decided, eh, we don't really need them. You guys can just take this over. Yeah. You can run these these pre-release events. And then they stop those, the pre-pre-events that we had here in Australia. And it's just like frustrating. And I think now everyone's starting to realize why over the last six months I've peeled back most of my quote-unquote obligations hmm. and why I'm no longer doing deck text. Um, that were sponsored by Wizards, you, i.e. Wizards would send me decks. and cause you don't, don't owe
0: anything, you know? Like, Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I would set up a stream with A and Z people. Um, th- every one of those streams were my ideas where I've walked to Wizards and gone, hey, I want to do this thing, just send me some decks. I don't care about getting paid. Hmm. We never got paid. We got free decks for it. I got decks sent all around Australia and New Zealand for this. And then it just... Was like a new guy came in, so we'd missed the apparently missed the window, and I was like, Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And then the next set came out, and I asked again, and it was like, Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I've got to talk to the US people about it. And The US people, oh, they're pretty much that. as far as were, we're just like, No, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, like it's a waste of our money. We, we can put,
0: put those decks like better to use over here,
1: yeah, and pretty much just dropped Australia. So
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of those, we talk about a lot of those decisions, we come down to the bottom line and, and you know, we it's hard not to be disappointed and then at the same time we go, yeah, it's, it's a company looking at things tangibly oh, as like this so versus this but investing in something less tangible, you know, I honestly believe does pay off a lot more long term and, and mm-hmm. kind of leads to a lot more integration and kind of uh, and, connection and also, to the game, you know, like you have people feel purpose and part of something. Laying it on the table, if anyone's ever wondering, did we ever get paid
1: for any of the PAXs or the events or anything that we did with Wizards? No. No. We never took payment, of course not, ever. And that's why these, um, these
0: kind of things work in an amazing way, that it's they get heaps of free marketing, because
1: yeah. the people market for and, them. And you know? we were spending our entire weekend, um, you know, doing, doing double shift, basically, because we yeah. were doing media stuff, for ourselves and for, you know, for for free websites and they're doing free shit for Wizards that mm. you would expect that they would pay for and we knew they wouldn't. So we just wanted to do it for the community. Yep. But I, I want to just make it completely transparent um, that we did not get cash money for these events. Yeah. Um, I think we may have gotten like half a box of boosters each, um, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just, I, I've, I feel more than anything hurt abused and used because mm. it's like you're talking 10 years of work has just basically flushed down the drain like i'm back at, st- at, at, at step one yeah like, in- and and i i'm not going to go back and refoster new pathways i'm not going to go back and look for new content creators because
0: you know what wizards do it yourself mm. like do it your fucking self <laughs> i'm not i'm not here to do it for you anymore yeah which is a fun and so in mem- in memoriam of uh of the anz uh creators discord so uh, yeah, yep. bit of a shot. So uh, yeah, pour one out, I guess, for that one. And I, I guess most importantly, let's let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep you know doing it because we want to do it, and and we do it for the people, I guess. We 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 want exactly. to do it because we want to tell people stories like Jero and and you know everyone else. And
1: and that's and that's the thing I was saying. Like I love when we stream Commander. I do. Yeah. And I love this podcast. Those things are never going away. But my day of doing deck techs, Yeah I think that that's kind of over because. You know, it, it was all me trying to work to a point where, yeah, you know, we had an, enough viewers. We had a platform that we could bring in other people, you know. it's why I was constantly trying to get people on, you know, <laughs> LLR streams and, and professors streams and Pleasant Kenobi and all these, like, massive people. Because it's like, Australia doesn't have that. We don't have that personality. And the ones that we do aren't magic personalities. They're streamers. And yeah. those streamers, generally speaking don't actually interact with Magic the Gathering people at all. Mm. And these are the people that Wizards have decided over the last however long to, like, support. And, like, there was one recently where they gave Panda TV... um, Oh, we
0: talked about that. (laughs) And and all of
1: them decks, you know? And it's just, like, Uh. cool, man. And I know they get paid cash money. Yeah. I
0: know they get paid cash money.
1: And it makes me wonder, like, should we just... Asked for they're, cash straight up. No, right? no.
0: They're, they're just, they are solid boardroom decisions where it's like, look, the cost benefit analysis is, you know. Look, look at all these
1: viewers we can get. Yeah. That Less probably about people. Buy the product, know. but look at all these viewers. And it's just like, just, just like when Wizards paid for viewers during that arena shitstorm, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't, ah, oh man. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you need somebody who knows the business. You need somebody who knows how streaming works yeah. and how to convert those numbers from people watching into people buying and that cost analysis, whatever they ran was just yeah. empty numbers by some robot. Core- yeah, by by some like quarter
0: hours basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't fucking <laughs> yeah, exactly. matter yeah. anyway. Yeah, everyone. yeah. Let's 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 keep. I mean, yeah. I mean the 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 prefer- <laughs> the, the sorry the the undertone do it as well. Is is let's let's keep doing what we're doing and, and keep smiling our own way. And and I think not trying to work for that. Uh, you know, bathing in the cor- in the uh, the 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 glow that is corporate praise and and you know looking for any kind of thing from. The company because they're not going to give it. They never will, you know. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a further point in mental health and stuff for that. I've I've always kind of tried to stick by, and I you know offer advice where I can, even though if I don't stick to it because you know it's the way things go. But uh, you know, you're the only one that can give the kind of uh, the purpose and gratitude that you need. You know, in a way, like when you think about it that way, you have to invert it and go. You're going to we. A lot of us kind of look. Outwards to try and get it from places almost within expectation, and mm. no one's ever going to give it to you the way you need to receive it, kind of thing. Only you can do that to yourself, and um, yeah. you know, to tell yourself you matter and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's a good point. You matter, and you actually, I think you finish your tweet off this week with when you're talking about this topic. You do matter, like, and yeah, you know, you pe- people your speak your mind. Don't yeah, don't don't be kind of um, you know, don't don't be a piece of shit, rude asshole. Don't yeah, be Karen. Yeah, um, but diplomatic about. about it. And if you you've got something games. to say, maybe you know you can you can probably say it. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, for this just kind of
1: thing, don't don't be scared of talking out. And even if it reduces the possibilities of you working with wizards or whatever company, <laughs> it's probably not going to fuck it. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> exactly.
1: Your anyway. your opinion does matter. Yeah. And if you're in the community and if you're known in the community, like bringing something like that up sheds a lot of fucking light. Yeah. On what's going on.
0: Exactly. Um.
1: And and I will always stick up stand up and be that person I want to see in the community yeah exactly for the things I believe in because you know I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't stand up and say this is a shitty decision and, yeah. and, and what the fuck you it's, actually doing it's the
0: way it goes um, anyway neutrality and without getting our pitchforks out neutrality does favour the oppressor like exactly
1: yeah. and that's that's the point you don't need pitchforks for this yeah um don't don't fucking <laughs> bombard wizards with stupid shit because I don't give a shit and yeah. neither should we. But I wanted to put it out there to say, you know what, this, this is part of the reason why I've stopped doing my shit and now yeah. you know why. Yeah, totally. Um, because this was just the last straw. It's like, if you're going to take this away, like I've got no stake in this anymore. Like,
0: yeah, totally. I don't give a shit. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate as well and kind of covering all base there and there's a bit more context as well that I I can understand as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gutting when it's, you know, there is... Uh, not that i know you don't do things with things in like expectations in return but there are gestures that kind of sting that you're like ah oh, well it didn't matter <laughs> like you always like exactly so yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I did 10 years of work and what did
0: it matter yeah. it didn't you you matter Shesh, because he put me in a podcast so um yeah it,
1: i i i know i matter but i feel like the work i've done yeah cultivating a full community without really without the help of Wizards other than them setting up a Discord, let's be honest.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why I say, has even if, all, yeah, right. exactly, in spite of everything, we kind of keep those communities going because we want to and they're the people we care about, of course, you know, because we do care about people. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, and you know what? Um, just just to, to cap things off. Cap it off. Now, now that I remember, the Discord wasn't even started by Wizards. Oh. Do you want to know who it was started by? Caitlin the pr company that i got the contract for wizards ah. before wizards outed them yeah naturally and then when wizards when wizards terminated their contract wizards left them in control of the discord
0: along with wizards
1: really just saying so are they those, still in control Those of it? people are still in that yep they're ah. still in that
0: discord interesting it
1: is a shit show of hilariousness love it good
0: times anyway So, Uh, uh, if I've been quiet, it's not because
2: I don't have an opinion. It's not because I don't care. It's because when somebody's bringing up an issue that doesn't directly affect you, it's best to just listen and Mm. try to understand before saying anything.
0: Totally. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, Chesh does a lot of listening. So, (laughs) maybe (laughs) because I talk too much, but uh, no, I appreciate Chesh.
1: uh, Look, uh, to be honest, like a lot of the time, I don't have like a big, heavy hitting issue. That I need to discuss, and yeah. a lot of the time, like the conversation is around me, mm. and I will interject in little bits and pieces, yeah. Um, and and I don't usually have something really fucking heavy to put on the podcast, yeah. Um, and and when I do, you know, people are used to it because they
0: go off in a little bit of a rant, and, goes, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is all outlet, and I think it, it always needs yeah, to be as well, like, yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's far and it's far and few between, but you know, it does.
0: Does happen, and it does affect us too. So, yeah, it's it's good, and and I think at that point too, a lot of people won't notice this either. And so, it's it's it it will be interesting for people to hear about what's going on in Australia and exactly kind of thing.
1: And it makes me angry. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh let's get into some uh some unsummoned skull content, of course, (laughs) and um kind of get you back in here, and uh and and yeah, again. Great one, Chesh, I Love it, and um, we'll keep on t- talking if anything else develops. But at the end of the day, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, but Jero, hey. uh, first thing I had here. Do you want to do a top level thing? I mean, top level about your content, and that kind of thing. But we're kind of delved into it a little bit. But you know, why why it is you play Commander? Why it is you like look at these games and and the way your brain works and and finds interesting little things here and there, and and what kind of is that? essence that brings you back to uh you know brewing decks and and kind of being a creative voice and, and the way you look at the game um is there anything kind of do you know that you can tangibly identify of like why it is uh you kind of keep finding fun out of this game and, and you know what it is even way so i think to do that like is it okay if I go back a ways
2: go for it go for it mm-hmm. so one of the reasons, and I've talked with this on MJ's podcast before, The Magic in Quarantine, is that I see the game differently from the way that others do because of the time in which I started playing. Yeah. And some of the necessities that have occurred over the course of me as a, of me being a player. Uh, so, I started playing during Champions of Kamigawa, mm. which is a rough time to start playing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, because it was right after was... it was right after Mirrodin. There was still damage on the stack. Um, oh, shit yes. oh. Jit was, was out there.
1: Yeah, I had no I idea that people were leaving the game in droves as well, um, thinking oh. the game was dead because of the previous block.
2: Well, I've heard never... a lot of people.
0: That's a drop-off point. Yeah,
2: yeah I wasn't yeah. quite at that point yet because I was just learning to play at school. So. First person I'd like to shout out along my journey is Mr. Derek Day, who's uh, my favorite teacher of all time. Uh, mm. He recently retired just after this last school year, and so many, so many kids that he has taught and helped over the years. Um, <clears throat> so, Mr. Day, uh, so this is the story I, I can't tell it often enough because it, it explains a lot of my love for teaching and being a player because I am a teacher as well. Um, uh, so Mr. Day, uh, had ran a games club and the way the cool. games club started was a couple people were playing magic in his class and he had to give them a detention cause school rule, but the school didn't say what he had to have them do during <laughs> detention. So you can kind of guess where I'm going with this. So if yeah, it's yeah. that important to them, he wanted it to be important to him too. So he had them teach him how to play during the half hour detention. Wow. And he thought it was really cool. And he said, you know what? You can't do this in my class. You can't do this in anyone else's class. But I'm going to give you a time every Friday. I'm going to stay after maybe two to three hours after school with you. Wow. And we're going to learn how to play this game uh, together. So <clears throat> uh, that I, mean, I wasn't one of the ones playing in, in this class. So, of course, I, I, I came along like a couple years after that. Mm. But I wanted—he was a cool teacher—and I wanted to have something cool in common with him. And then I found out that's how the thing started. Uh, <clears throat> so I had no idea what the cards did. Uh, I didn't know how to how to play or anything. And then I started trying to figure out how combat worked, and it was so convoluted with damage on the stack, with <laughs> with modular. It felt like nothing I did mattered. Yeah. So, yeah. Instead of giving up, as quite a lot of people did, and they just started playing Yu-Gi-Oh again, like that was in, when I was in middle school, people played Yu-Gi-Oh, but some of them went back to some of those games, but I decided, you know what, I want to try to find a way to win that goes around of this combat that I don't understand. Mm. So the first deck I had that had uh, any decent success uh, was Skeletons and Demons. And the skeletons would block and regenerate on the ground until I had enough mana to start casting. Like, my first booster pack had a foil Kuro Pit Lord in it. Oh, nice. So these giant flying demons. And then I could lock up the ground, swing in the air, and win that way. Uh, And Mr. Day gave me some things like dark rituals to help get the demons out a little bit faster. And that was awesome. Then I, I started thinking a little bit differently. Okay, well... Even that deck was having some difficulty because I didn't, I didn't understand how like multiple blocks worked or first strike worked, things like that, So, mm. or trample. And so I made a mill deck that was grinding station mill.
0: <laughs> uh, that seems but, like up Church's alley massively.
2: <laughs> so I became a combo player. The first uh, real deck that I made just out of cards that I opened in booster packs, rather than getting some help from Mr. Day or any other players, was Cinder Pyromancer, Flame Jab, and 52 Mountains. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, this is me, like, less than a year into the game. That's how I was thinking. Yeah. As a combo Outside player. Outside the
0: box, as it were. Yeah.
2: I, I was a, I, Well, I started playing as a combo player because I didn't understand how to win games normal ways. Mm. Uh, eventually they got rid of damage on the stack and mana burn and stuff like that. But I didn't understand the game well enough to move around those rules. And so I found different rules that I could break.
0: Mm. <clears throat> Cause I am kind of a rule breaker. <laughs> i was uh, gonna say it's it's kind of the yeah that's the genesis of it right and it's like it's that's it's what i've been since true I was to in, this day yeah
2: since i was in elementary school i was uh somebody who would toe the line up until the point where they would say if you do this one more time you're going to get suspended and then i would stop mm. yeah my, my parents will tell you yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what i was like as a little kid
0: i um i also have to like say it's just like the the importance of that kind of teacher. I can't think of any I've ever had, but it's I know people have told stories about the teacher that made that difference, and 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 that's really amazing to hear that because you know there's certain times at schools. I remember at school I remember feeling like I it, it was students and teachers like it was there's never a respect or an empathy between the two in a way, and it's like mate, it, you were treated like kids even when I was 18 and had my license and in year 12, but it's like no, you're still a kid and you're here in our kind of situation, but that shows such an amazing like uh personality trait when a teacher's like no in order for you to be your best i probably need to understand something about you very selflessly and kind of join what you're doing and cultivate that and and yeah i'm sure like you said that's that's influenced the way you've kind of moved on in your career and actually uh made changes there which is uh, you know made actually decisions of what you want to do
2: yeah as we fast forward uh so eventually I started to understand the game better and play different archetypes. And I began grinding for the uh, to try to make it on the Pro Tour. Once I started watching those Pro Tour videos, I was like, this is awesome. This mm. is something I really, really want. <clears throat> to be one of those best players in the world, Pat Shapen-type players. Pat Shapen. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, I should also preface, I live in uh, in Michigan in the Detroit area. I'm yep. about a half hour away from R.I.W., which is where a lot of these top-level players play. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> so, I wanted to be one of those top-level players. So, when I went to my first ever, uh, PTQ, it was, uh, Shadowmoor block constructed. Mm. So, lore went Morning Morningtide, Shadowmoor. Uh, <clears throat> and I was running five-color elementals, and I didn't know how to beat, uh, the Black Green Elves deck with Chameleon Colossus, so I just put a one-of goat napper in the board. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe this will work. And I, I wound up going five and two, and in the uh, barely missing top eight on tie breaks. But I got to Goatnapper a Chameleon Colossus to win a game and got a high five from Pat Shapen, and that was
0: awesome.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to be uh, a couple seats down. <laughs> that was my first-ever wow. BTQ. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love that. Like, oh, maybe this is the um, the perfect, uh, what do you call it, um, yin to the yang of a like a, a situation. Like, I'm just going to put one over in the sideboard and see what happens. But, that, oh, my God, that is the best. Yeah. So ahead, about Napa. 10 years
2: later, so I, I went through grinding my way, had so many near misses and heartbreaks. There was a time when one of my uh, – so my grandpa on my dad's side – uh, fell, hit his face, and broke his orbital bones and was never the same after that. He, he died a, less than a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the, and I, I was in the finals of a PTQ. Or I was no, not in the finals. I was playing for top eight of the PTQ. I had won the first. Uh, I was given a game loss, or the other player was given a game loss for showing up late, and then I was winning the second game and then had to drop, to, I had to get the phone call Found mm. out, I found out my grandpa was in the emergency room, dropped that minute, not even a second thought, mm. <clears throat> uh, like scooped up the cards, put them in my backpack, not even putting them back in the deck box. Um, that, was the, that was one of many heartbreaks that were really, really close calls. There were a couple of times I actually qualified and couldn't make it because of school mm. um, and things that were just intransigent about that. <clears throat> But I eventually made the uh, the Pro Tour. And that was one of the proudest moments of my life. Except, yeah. of course, even then, there's got to be something that takes away from it. And so mm-hmm. I mentioned that uh, before we started that if there was going to be a meme that defined my life, it would be Zuko saying, that's rough, buddy. Uh, I finally uh-huh. qualified for the Pro Tour. <clears throat> and uh, I, it was a team Pro Tour. And these were two players from college where uh, that, there's, that I knew from college. I, so I did the original PPTQ qualification. Then there was the regional Pro Tour, Pro Tour qualifier that uh, we won as a team. They didn't think we were going to make it that far. In fact, mm. as, they, uh, as they told me, they thought I was the weak link. Wow. And so they didn't bother showing up to the Pro Tour. Shit. <laughs> so I got there. I got to play on the pro tour. Uh, I got to play my one match, and then get DQ. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be something, right? Mm. But I achieved that goal, and that was actually the last ever pro tour. So it's not going to happen again. Yeah. <clears throat> but that well, was it's... basically it for me wanting to be competitive. For me wanting to be competitive, but. I over the course of those ten years spent trying to qualify, I became a much much better player.
0: Hmm.
2: I became one of the best in the area at uh, at limited, uh, one of the best in the world at a few different times.
1: <clears throat> um,
2: and then decided, you know what? That's it, it's not fun anymore, especially because. Yeah. I didn't really have a testing team or people who would go from place to place with me, so even if I so, like I would win a turn, I would win a tournament and still feel like crap because I would see the loser get consoled by their friends, and yeah. I would be holding whatever it is that I had won by myself.
0: Yeah, it, it's that point. You know, like it doesn't matter if there's no people involved in a way. Like it's yeah, far out. <clears throat> so. Yeah, that's a lot of the background of who I am as a
2: player. That I'm somebody who has always wanted these connections with other players, but couldn't really find a way to do it. Mm. But very uh, so skilled deck builder who sees the game in a different way, uh, and that experience as a combo player, as somebody who has built these uh, these combo decks and understands the interactions and especially the statistics that go into a combo deck. That's what's made me a good deck builder.
0: Uh, and I guess it- I, I, I was going to say that that now transitions in a way to um, finding your enjoyment is, I, I I mean, I'm assuming here, but the, the enjoyment now is is kind of like turning that into uh, getting a buzz and, and a fulfillment and enjoying that part of it and kind of uh, exercising the mind as it were. But, in a social kind of sense in a, in a cultivating a community type sense as well and enjoying the people around you.
2: Yeah. yeah. Especially now that pretty much all the magic I play is multiplayer. So even if there's nobody watching my streams, I'm still not alone. Mm, That's right. Because there's at least three people at the table and I'm not necessarily watching the number on Twitch to see who's watching. I'm not counting viewers of my vods or videos. I'm just enjoying being at a table with people I like.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a point, or even like last year, that's like uh, I—I kind of had an idea what commander meant to me in the social aspect, but i never quite understood until, you know, we are—we—we we didn't have as much of a social kind of uh, ability or anything like that. And it's—it's uh, it's more that I got to talk to people like you, and and. and and play with people with different perspectives of the game that, that enrich the whole thing. And whereas my, my support network needed to be on the, on the, you know, across the world kind of thing on a, on a spell table table, so to speak, that kind of thing. Um, and it's meant the world.
2: Yep. So in terms of my, uh, so my deck building philosophies and such, no matter how weird, unusual, cool some of these, de- these decks look like, they all follow the same formula, or it's a, a mm-hmm. very, very similar one. Uh, <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's actually going to be another one of the series that, that I have in, in the works is Unsummoned School. Because, oh, cool, cool. Because I am a teacher, and right now I am a graduate statistics professor at Madonna University. Mm-hmm. so I understand statistics at a very high level not necessarily as high as Frank Karsten per se but
0: pretty <laughs> darn close actually
2: yeah.
0: yeah it's pretty darn close actually and, and that's a satisfying side to the game too like yeah. it's, it's quite yeah it's, it's enthralling it's it's really interesting
2: so that's one of the things I love about Commander is that as a 100 card format it really is easy to do statistics for it hmm because everything's out of 100.
0: Yeah, and a one-off as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what are the... Oh, well, not necessarily as a one-off. That's where you start finding oh, things say, that do similar yeah. jobs. Um, and the jobs are the big portion of my uh, philosophy of deck building in Commander. Mm. Is that there are jobs, base yeah. jobs that every deck needs, and they'll do them a little bit differently, but they'll all do them. Yeah. So... Those jobs being spot removal, mass removal, ramp, card draw, and some sort of win condition. Mm. And different decks will do them different ways. Um, So one of the examples that's in front of me right now is my Dika deck. Dika is tokens. So this deck looks to make tokens. uh, It looks to fulfill those jobs in ways
0: that make tokens. Oh, I remember. Yeah, Deko's the mono blue one from Strixhaven Commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mono- saw this. I don't. I don't think anyone's touching this in a really cool way, but I think it actually looks really, really interesting.
2: Yep, mono blue Magecraft. When I cast, uh, cast or copy an instant sorcery, create a zero zero fractal. With yep. uh, word actually the can't value. be blocked if you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and the deck is capable of making <laughs> it. <love> um, <laughs> but it's little things like. Uh, Using Depths of Desire to ramp yourself. Mm. Uh, so Depths of the Desire is two colors and a blue to create uh, to, to return a creature to its owner's hand because you know I love to do those things, and create okay. a colorless treasure artifact with sackless artifact uh, and add a mana. So <clears throat> it weaves those different token effects onto already decent cards. Mm. So now I pay three. I get I I get a mana back. Um, I bounce a creature, and I get a 3-3 three, three from Dika. That's pretty good value. Oh, totally, totally. So I look to do things like that where the where the basic job that the deck is doing is being done by the cards
0: that fit the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, do you play Hornswoggle? Uh, do I
2: play Hornswoggle? I have played that in, in some decks before. Uh, is Hornswoggle in a D uh, uh probably. Rivals? Rivals?
0: Uh, it's, it's excellent. Yeah. Uh, I, I pulled it out the other day. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> creates a treasure token. You mm-hmm. get to say Hornswoggle? It's perfect. It's great. Yep. <laughs> Count as a spell, a creature spell.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, I believe Hornswoggle's in there. Uh, it's done some crazy things. Like it's made 10 copies of a 1010 before. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, the deck can go nuts. The, that deck is my. Uh, there, are, I, I believe thirty different tokens the deck can make. Nice. That—that's my uh, basically free
0: advertising for Infinity Tokens deck. <laughs> exactly, the canvas to our minds, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I was going to say, do you uh, are you playing? Uh, is it? I love the the massive octopus that turns things into eight eights. The is it Octavia?
2: Octavia? I don't think Octavia's
0: in there. Octavia
2: is a deck I've wanted to make before. If I was going to make Octavia, it it would probably be closer to... uh, I would do Cantrips. So, I would still play on summon effects, but in that deck I would play on summon effects to draw cards. Because in that deck, I want a high volume of cards in my graveyard.
0: Totally. Totally. And then you you get the Octavia for two, and uh, next thing you know, you're making a uh, a Cephalid Constable, uh, an 8-8, and that's... Mm. That's just it's just plain rude. <laughs> mm. Love it. Um, I was going to say, I mean, in in the other, as I kind of alluded to before, one of the uh, the great kind of embodiments of the uh, your brewing philosophy and an interesting kind of uh, piece that you've you've put together that Simic Burn deck. Do you want to run through that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I've been through that one in a few different places, including at uh, Chain and Commander. Uh, <clears throat> I played it on. A few, uh, few different places as well. Uh, so that's Varel of the Hulklade. Uh, it's a th- so it's a three-mana commander It's a 1-4. Varel isn't huge in the deck, but it is uh, the commander of it. Uh, mm. It's kind of a roadblock, and then later on I can use it to uh, to add some counters to certain things. But mm. for the most part, Varel isn't used that often except as a roadblock. Um, what that deck aims to do is turn the unsummon effects into a win condition. So, Ooh, yeah. uh, there's two axes the deck is trying to act on. The first one is Howling Mine effects. Yep. So there are a lot of those in there. It does not run Rites of Flourishing, though. I don't want the opponent emptying their hand. Mm. I, um, at least not too quickly. <laughs> um, I want them putting permanence out so that i can do things like evacuation and then uh you uh so evacuation into uh storm sword is one of them uh so storm seeker sorry it has a sword on it uh so storm seeker uh which is Ooh. from legends it is three colors Ooh. and a green i believe uh, it's an instant. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, deals damage to the opponent equal to the number of cards in their hand. It's the same as uh, Sudden Impact, which was made in red later.
0: If that was an album cover, would, uh, that would be my kind of, you know. Oh, it's a beautiful picture, it's yeah. It's amazing. Mark Paul, nice.
2: Yep. Uh, I also run Black Vise Effects, so that's like repeatable versions of it. Yeah, nice. Uh, my first time on Neo Royal stream, I uh, <laughs> bounced his. Wow! So I bounced his board with two black Vise effects out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Um, so that
2: deck was uh, me. Uh, so that was one of the first decks I built for the Unsummoned channel. That uh, you want me to go into where that name comes from?
0: Well, yeah, that was actually my next thing. Like, so where? Okay. How has uh, how has the Unsummoned brand, so to speak, like come about? And and what at what point did I? This is the actually like. The effect I, I resonate with, or, you know, uh, choose to make my name kind of thing. So,
2: I guess uh, finishing one part of the story. So, I, <clears throat> so last year around June, so almost uh, a year and a couple months ago, uh, there was the uh, first online magic fest. Do you yep. remember them doing those?
0: Yeah, kind of vaguely. Um, uh, they had a, so
2: one of the cool things they did for the first one was they had people record themselves doing a deck tech,
1: mm.
2: and then play. Uh, so then the the top, uh, I think it was three of them, and I was one of them. Did got to play a uh, so got to play a feature match, uh, and, I, and that feature match I got to play against. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so you had to play against uh, Nelson Salahub, as well as Shivam and Sheldon, uh, Menary.
0: Oh, nice, nice.
2: And I beat all of them with my Night of the Museum deck, which is, that's <laughs> not an unsummoned deck. Oh, I remember this, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, ah. I was the only one who actually won, and didn't <laughs> have technical difficulties. Love it which is weird because I was actually playing on my mom's computer because I needed to get a new one. (laughs) (laughs) But that was what got me started in content creation. And and at that point I had to think about, okay, what am I going to call myself when I do that?
1: Hmm.
2: Because my real name isn't really that interesting and J-Row doesn't sound that cool either. Well, my real name is more interesting when you know the story behind it, but J-Row isn't really that interesting either. Uh, that was a name that my football coach gave me before uh, freshman football in my freshman year of high school. And it's basically a joke on J-Lo. j Ro.
1: <laughs> but. That makes sense. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I
2: mean, I wish my butt was that big. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but. So I had to think about, okay, what do Trust I. Trust me,
1: mine is, you, you don't want your butt to be that big.
2: Uh, I suppose I guess you get used to it, but it's better than not really knowing it's there at all. <laughs> you don't know it's there until it makes you want it, until it forces you to know. <laughs>
0: uh, you know you yeah. get chesh in with butt jokes,
2: exactly. <laughs> That's right. he can be the butt of the joke if he wants. Oh, I was uh, going to say, no, he's always the butt of the joke, no, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, when I was thinking about what to call myself... Uh, I thought about, okay, what is my favorite card? And I I had talked about it a couple of times, but I was never, like, obsessed with it. But I wanted Mm -hmm. to create a persona so that the decks that I played on stream were different from the decks that I play myself, like, with my friends. Because I wanted to design new decks and build them around something of a theme because that's one of the things you can do to sort of make yourself memorable. Yeah. Uh, So... In the same vein, so connecting stories, I became a teacher. And for three years, I was a teacher in Pontiac, which is an area just outside of uh, Detroit. Another area that's in the suburb of Detroit. It's a little closer to Flint, though. And, you know, Flint had the water crisis. It has a high African-American Hispanic percentage, low socioeconomic status. So a lot of these kids could not afford cards. Mm. So I made my own games club. Not only did I do that, I made it uh, a so I, I made the, a site for Friday Night Magic. Mm. Because I became a judge, I made it a site for Friday Night Magic, and I ran my own officially sanctioned events.
0: Amazing! It wasn't a store, you know. Yep. <laughs>
2: um, nope. And I got a couple sponsors on board, and they would send me booster boxes, or I would just use whatever I would win. So when I was talking yep. about how sometimes it would be kind of it would feel hollow to win, a, like a booster box and have nobody there to congratulate you. Well, yeah. one of the things that kept me going when I was doing that was I, I'm not just playing for myself. I'm playing to win a booster box for these kids. Mm. So I had a process that I would go through with this games club because. And this is another difference between me and Mister Day. I wanted to teach them how to get to where I was, uh, mm. and not necessarily for to be competitive, but just to think about the game in a different way, and to be more open-minded.
0: Yeah. So, which has uh, resonance in day to day as well, of course.
2: Yep. So the first thing I would have the students do is I made like little jumpstart packs. This is before nice. Jumpstart happened, but. I made little jumpstart decks that were 20 card, uh, uh, com- uh sh- 20 card singleton. Um, I believe it was eight lands, eight, uh, creatures and eight non or four non-creatures. That's 20, 16 and four. Um, so I, I had, um, one of those, or I had well, several copies of them, but one for each color. And they would play mini games, uh, 10 life. Uh, so 10 life, you have a 20 card deck, you start off with seven in hand. So you have to try to win before you mill. And, it, and they had to win, these were called the color challenges. They had to win a game with each color before I would let them draft.
0: It's absolutely sh- a puzzle in the truest uh, truest kind of sense of the word.
2: They would get a lot of games in, but they had to show me that they knew how each color won. And they could evaluate Hmm. the cards before I would let them open a booster pack. Interesting. So one of the things that they would tell me is that they couldn't win with blue. (laughs) And so that's where the Unsummon and Unsummon Skull comes from. All the different things you can do with Unsummon. You can can bounce their creature to, uh, to enable you to attack when you couldn't attack. And sometimes that two damage in a 10 life format matters. You can bounce your own creature to protect it from removal. You can bounce their creature and then counter it on the way back down.
0: <clears throat> oh, I love that one. I love that one. That's probably the one that's just like, mm. it's mm-hmm. it's it's a chef's kiss if you can you, when you pull that off and like limit it or whatever and it's yeah, I love you it. You can
2: bounce their creature to make it summoning sick. Uh, you can and the the trick that I showed them that they liked the most was you can bounce a mnemonic wall recast it, get the unsummoned back, and then as long as they don't have a trample, they are never getting through that.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, <clears throat> it's a god, Gomazoa then. <laughs>
2: one of the decks, I think, had a, I think, Crawworm. Worm that Crawl oh, yeah. Worm yep. can't get through. And then I swing through, or so I swing in the air with a 2-2, which takes them out in five turns because that Crawworm's Worm's never getting through. I love that. <clears throat> Yeah, so little things like that where you wind up showing or you show them how to do just all kinds of different things. So the Varel deck wins with Unsummon. It bounces their... So it wins by bouncing their board and then hitting them for whatever their board was. I have mm. Krark, the, the Vile Smasher Krark, uh trap deck. I play a trap for free. Krark, uh returns it to my hand if I, if I loot. So either I get an extra copy of it or Clark returns it back to my hand where I can just use it again. So, I use the unsummon there to get additional casts for Vile Smasher. You yeah, get the Whiplash Trap. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: the
2: um, I don't think that would be. That's in blue. But Needle Bite. Uh, oh, no, you're right. Right. you're right.
0: You're Sorry. The, the Vile Smasher Croc. Yeah. No, you're right. Oh, no. Croc's. Croc's blue, right? No. Croc is uh, red. Ah, oh, Croc is red. Sorry. I'm thinking. I'm like. Every time you, like, crack Sakashima, Sakashima's the blue. Yep. What am I talking about? No, exactly. It's okay. Um, I just had that there because it was, like, in the pile of cards for the uh, the mm-hmm. Abishan deck. I'm like, oh, I just want to play Whiplash Track because it's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I was like, mm, fits in the, the
2: thing. The first Unsummoned Skull deck was Nyambi, the Steam Speaker. Oh, nice. That one's great. <clears throat> that one's mostly legendary tribal. I built it so that I could literally pitch to Ferry. Yeah, I I didn't like the five mana to when it was in standard. It was so aggravating that it was also a win. Count. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> Niambi can you can pay a colorless a blue and a white tap it discard a legendary uh, legendary card to draw to. I would literally pitch it <laughs> every time yeah, I would play about like it. it.
0: It's like no, it's just just no respect. It's like that. Yeah, nope, I, I don't need it. I'd rather two cards exactly.
2: Yep. Yeah. So a lot of my decks do different things with unsummons mm. uh, because I wanted to show the breadth, the depth and breadth of the card. I like showing the flexibility of the effect and not just the color. Um,
1: yeah.
2: I have a mono red deck that is probably more blue than most decks you'll see uh, because <laughs> it runs, um, it runs the, uh, <clears throat> it runs a number of different artifacts that bounce things. Um, yeah. Both mine and the opponent's.
0: And, and I do love the Goblin Manowar. Uh, what's that? I can't remember what that's, that one's called. Sting Scorger.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not looking these up, by the way. I just
2: know them. <laughs> 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 you it's, like, it's in the name. Yeah, Sting Scorger is there. Uh, but the what I'm talking about is Adomaru, uh First to Desire. So that yeah, another is one. Adomaru Wheels is that one.
0: And it's it's a uh, it's a three mana thing that's equal to cards in hand, right? Uh, uh, opponents,
2: opponent. Uh, the opponent with uh, most cards in hand.
0: Oh, it's amazing! Can be so huge. Can what be I do with that huge. deck
2: is uh, I fling it to people. <laughs> yeah, that's why best. I call it wheels because <laughs> oh,
0: excellent.
2: Yeah, we play wheels, and I also fling him at people, so he goes flying and in the do air. Some
0: salt, soul, some <laughs> soul's fire action. There's there's many things that you can uh, you can wildly take advantage of that 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 power. That's excellent. Uh, And I also have blue decks
2: that act like other colors. Uh, So one of my favorites for that is uh, we were talking about Peter and Mono White Border and how we have a high respect for him. Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to build a deck that was in his style. (laughs) I love it. So I made a Mono Blue Aristocrats deck.
0: Cool.
1: Uh,
0: So that one is... Baron Master Wizard. I was gonna say Baron. Uh, I wasn't gonna bring up Baron, but uh, Chesh and I had uh, played against Caitlin playing a Baron deck, and you this know, is the it old was one, the-, the Urza Saga one. Super gross. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, sorry. The um, oh, the one that looks like Mike Myers. Yes, exactly. Uh, the new one being that uh, the new one is technically a Mana War, but we a uh, friend Caitlyn played baron and it's like that that definition between like yeah you could get to the point where people get annoyed that all their stuff just keeps getting bounced with no no win con and i like that point you made that there are things to do when people have a lot of cards in hand, and uh some mm-hmm. amazing ways to capitalize on that and so was, i love it but uh yeah tell us about og baron so that uh so og baron well, uh, people
2: have asked me if i'm ever going to build the regular baron no no i'm not it's too easy nah.
0: Too easy. <laughs> it's just it's like, there's your mana wall. Like, good yep. job.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, well, and it draws cards off of that. and It just seems, it, it doesn't yeah. seem like there's it's that there much you. nuance yeah. to it. Yeah. But Baron Master Wizard, Constance of Wizard, it's a 1-1 one, one for three. Uh, you pay two colorless, or two of any color, two generic, sorry. Sack a permanent return target creature to its owner's hand. So it can sack any permanent. So I, can, I have hatching plans in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hatching Plans, well, it, I'm not oh. sure which part of the combo that is, but it's the one that when it's when it's the enchantment, when it's sacrificed, you draw a bunch of cards. Yeah. I have creatures that draw cards when they die and such, so I get a lot of value out of that. And then it doesn't have a lot of win cons. That's the thing I kind of need to work on, but mm. it doesn't need to if it's generating repeated value, which is why it's my homage to Mono White Order
1: <laughs> Because
2: it's... I it's love it. It, the only card in there that really just straight wins the game is uh, the of Day of the uh, Day of the Dragons. Yeah, yeah, exile all creatures you control; they become five-five dragons. Yeah, you get some power then, exactly. Uh, there may there are some leaves of battlefield effects he will trigger off of that, but if nothing else. You get a bunch of five fives out of nowhere, so your tiny little army that they've been like, oh, you know, those are cute little interactions. Oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they polymorphed exactly. Yeah, that, that is a great one. Love it. So um, I was going to say anyway, it's uh, it's something to, to you know fun little exercise too. But um, over the span of all your 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 deck brewing kind of uh, adventures and everything, are there a few standout unsummon effects that you? Are most inspired by, interested, or just absolute, you know, favorite kind of thing?
2: I haven't uh, used it to its full potential yet, but Orshav Charm is one of my favorites. Oh. It's a it, because I love unsummon effects that aren't in blue because totally. nobody sees them coming. Yeah. Uh, Erratic Portal, of course, is one of my go tos because I can play it on any deck. Um, mm. One of my favorite things about Erratic Portal is that. It can target opponent's things, and they can choose whether or not to pay the one. So oh. this is one of the really nice stories in terms of what Unsummons can do. So before I made my own community, I was on play ADH, which yep. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but no. it wasn't modded the way that it needed to be modded. In some cases, not all the games were necessarily great. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and I am a mod, so I can I can tell. Uh, <laughs> so I had a Ravos and Eshai deck. Um, I, so I still have it, and I now have the nice foil versions of them. But yeah, Ravos and Eshai group hug because I wanted to make an Esper group hug deck, and I wasn't sure if how to do it because none of the commanders really seemed that group huggy. Mm. So. What the deck does is Ishii is the primary win condition. Ravos is capable of getting Ishii back from the graveyard if it goes there. And uh, I use Unsummons to make people replay things so that Ishii gets bigger. But I also encourage, I also play like Howling Mine effects and such to encourage people to play more to get Ishii bigger. And then Ishii will sneak up on people. (laughs) kind of like a giant T-Rex sneak, uh, snuck up on people in uh, Jurassic Park. It shouldn't have <laughs> snuck up on people, but it did.
0: Well, there's a connection. Isha is a bird. The T-Rex is technically a bird, too, I guess, or a dinosaur. Or- there, yeah. you there you go. I mean, it has feathers, so yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. Good feathered friend.
2: So where Erratic Portal came in was one of the first times I played with the deck was in the play DH server, and there were two players who were like massively targeting this new player who was running uh, <clears throat> a pre-con deck that uh, wow. was the Sultai precon deck, and they were going hard after that commander.
0: Yeah, uh, the other things you don't think happen, and then you are kind of surprised when they do. You like really like you you really you're kind of yeah, like making this person's life. And that's yeah, exactly. one
2: of the disappointing things about that that server was that there are people who exactly. are like that. And totally, they basically, totally. I guess you could say that was their threat assessment, was they recognized that the deck was dependent on its commander, and so they were trying to shut it off by any means necessary. Yeah. So I would use erratic Portal to protect it. Uh, eventually, they did something like, uh, I think they Oobliated it, and then I Generous Gifted the Oobliate. <laughs> uh, I, I used my deck basically to protect the Sulti player yeah and then eventually i got a giant entreaty angels took out the other two players and the Sultai player actually after i took out the other two players and the dust cleared and it was just two of us wound up going through an intricate sequence to actually take me out and you know what i was Mother. really happy for the guy
0: yeah that's the peter thing right it's like you played it play to come second you know and it's like um mm-hmm. Yeah, you did, and, and enjoy it. And, and I think that's a point I like to keep remembering. It's like uh, being happy for someone to win too. You know, if if it's deserved, absolutely. But um, you know, being like, yeah, that was awesome. Like we we had a great game, and you know, you got it <laughs> exactly.
2: So being happy with uh, with other people's wins and such, that goes back to an earlier point of uh, uh so talking about horde magic, and mm-hmm. how it's a cooperative game. Uh, and so that's also that, was, that also factored into how I taught people how to play. So mm. the system was they had to win a color challenge, then they would be able to draft. And
1: mm.
2: while the Ixalan, uh well, Ixalan rivals, Ixalan and such came out around that time, the two big sets that they really were enamored with were War of the Spark and uh, Dominaria. Because mm-hmm. those were ones where they could get a Legend or a Planeswalker in every pack. So what we would do is, <clears throat> uh, after drafting, well, so they they would draft those. So after they, they did the color challenge, they would be able to draft. And after drafting, they could keep the cards they drafted. And <clears throat> I would also contribute my own Legends and Planeswalkers that I had extra copies of and such. Because I have a giant collection. Uh, and they would build brawl decks.
0: Oh,
1: nice.
2: That was like the stepping stone. So they would go from draft to brawl to commander. And with those brawl decks, they would take on my horde decks. So they were trying to build up their collections so that they could play and be happy about each other's plays and draws. Mm. So instead of "oh man, you drew," it's "oh thank goodness you drew." Yeah, yeah. Because that was kind of how I wanted to train them to be as players. Even if wow. you're
0: playing against somebody, you still want to have that in there. Yeah, we are. We are still all a team at the same time. You know, like we're all, and it's it's that actually really echoes that point. Kind of, you know, I guess people have helped me discover a little bit too that uh, we are you know we're fighting each other on a battlefield but we're that's the beauty of commander where we're kind of playing to add something to the table that's intangible it's not about the cards or anything we're adding something personality or like uh, kind of socially that you know it's 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 developing that quality of enjoyment for everyone and that that's almost our our kind of responsibility to to add to the table kind of thing you know and i uh, know no, not everyone sees it that way of course but you know it's the way i'd prefer to
2: yeah it'll sound a little weird but there have been games especially stream games where i've talked opponents through how to beat me yeah <laughs> just looking at what they yeah. have on the table sometimes i'll throw in some commentary on like cards that are known or not known and what i see on the table or don't see on the table and give some recommendations and stuff like that. I sometimes I do it unsolicited and that some that can get me, that's gotten me in a little bit of water before about <laughs> getting, getting in hot water and such because some, sometimes people see it as talking down um, yeah, yeah, or mansplaining, I guess. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I just want people to be better as much as I can. It uh, yeah. doesn't mean they're bad that just means that I'm a teacher. I don't stop being a teacher just because I'm not looking at students, but I'm looking at other players. Yeah.
0: You enjoy sharing something in a way too. And that's mm-hmm. it's the funny part too, because that's that's the, the weird dichotomy about uh, commander, especially casual commander, so to speak, quote unquote. It, it's, it's, it's not necessarily primarily about who's the best player, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, um, yeah.
0: Like there's technical skill that is really... Uh, you know, fun and, and engaging and, and enjoyable as well to kind of develop as well. And, um, you know, it's definitely not the be-all and end-all though, of course, because... And there's a place for that and that's why CDH rocks too. Because, like, once everyone's on that same understanding, like, that's where you can really absolutely flourish with that, that you know, technical knowledge type thing too. And I know you've, you've played a little bit of CEDH too um, around the place too, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do like <laughs> that it exists. Uh, exactly. basically me too. it's it's high powered magic where they skip the rule zero agreement, <laughs> which is fine yeah. for people who don't necessarily want to go through that or care that much about how people how the opponents feel, but mm-hmm. that's not
0: that's not my jam. No, and that's it's completely cool as well, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's it's you know uh, everyone having horses for courses type thing and and getting what they want out of the game type thing. But I'm I'm very glad it exists. Exactly. I, I,
2: I've heard it said before that should be glad that CDH exists because otherwise those are the people who might pup stomp at the casual tables.
0: Yeah, and I, I know there's the, definitely that point to make too. It's uh, there's there's plenty of great people that promote C D H as a as a social format as well and there's a lot of creativity in it and there's a lot of positivity um because once people know they're on that same point and place like the spike feeders and stuff, they can be delightful and they're like, Yeah, we're doing this, we're still doing weird, wacky brews, but it's of, as powerful as we can possibly make it, and that—that's—that's that's the agreement in a way, anyway, and that's the way I see it. It is an agreement in itself. Um, it's just a different one than potentially casual. So, um, but I won't—I won't get right into the the kind of dichotomy <laughs> okay. between those things, of course. Because no, that's <laughs> that you know, you know, you know what it's like too. It's like ah, oh, where do we stop there? Exactly.
2: Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. That, I I do think that CEDH is a misnomer because mm. I think it's an oxymoron.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. there's, that there's EDH by definition everywhere. is casual, and so calling yeah. it competitive seems oxymoronic to me.
0: Like adding on to it, kind of thing. But yeah, exactly. And I, I know there's there's plenty of great perspectives to grab, grab there too. And you know that that'd be a fun roundtable one day, even, mm-hmm. um, especially to clear the air on a lot of stuff. Because I, I do the thing I don't like to see is a lot is is kind of uh, animosity between two parties, um, and more understanding between is, is something I always want to cultivate. Yeah. And um appreciation exactly. And that's like you say, it's glad it exists, you know. But um yeah. Good stuff. Um, can't remember where we were along the way, but um uh talking about things. I think we covered off most of your um most of your ethos. Uh, and I know that's it's probably the tip actually really, to be honest, because you do have as as I've kind of learnt, it's you know, some fascinating stories and, and I'm really glad you got to tell us especially the origins and and you know that's inspiring stuff to think about the effect, you know, you as a person has on ha, have on people, and and the way you kind of project to others, and what kind of community community you're going to cultivate, kind of thing too. So, yeah, um, I'm still just, working on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, doing a great job, and like just keep doing what you do, and I'm, I'm I just love to see it. And I I love to see it's the other thing too. I love to see safe spaces where people, uh, you know, I'm not saying you're kind of curating and going, you can't be here, that kind of thing, but you are kind of setting a standard for like you want good quality kind of friendly places for people to feel safe to, to play, you know, commander, you know, sometimes it is ba- based on, uh, offsetting some negative experiences we've had at certain tables, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's not the way this, this fun game should be and, mm-hmm. um, making sure that happens. It's definitely the vibe I've got from your, um, your discord and, and, and the people around as well. So yeah, like I yeah. say, keep doing what you do. Um,
2: it, 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 no, the, the discord has been curated. It, it's, a uh... But as you say, so it's something where the people have been added slowly, even though it's gotten large numbers relatively quickly, the people get vetted before they, before I send an an invite. So we talk about, or so maybe we uh, communicate on Twitter or, um, so Twitter or some other discord, uh, something like that. Um, or some other prior communication, and then I send an invite over. Mm. So it's growing at a decent rate, but it's growing with people that I am comfortable with being in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to do a lot of moderating. There's there's some things I need to moderate, and mm. a lot of that I handle privately. Of course. And I know some mods will handle things in in public areas, and puts people in uncomfortable positions. But I try not to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you're just looking for like quality of you know, um, like I say, it's it's quality of community and people that are going to help cultivate that in in a a positive, constructive way. And um, yeah, exactly. Um, Cause I did not no, go in,
2: it. I did not go into it with any intention of making a community. I went into it with the intention of consistently getting people to play on my streams.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, this, this other tags kind of been uh, you got to wear this different hat in a way. And it's, yeah. And it's the fascinating way things evolve, right? Like in your projects, you never know what they'll turn into kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it also and has to do with
2: is... people liking me more than I thought.
0: <laughs> I'll <laughs> oh, put, put my hand up in that camp for sure so, uh, <laughs> Thank yeah. you Love it So speaking of you as a person uh, That's the perfect little switch over to kind of get into uh, those those little questions That you'll know about if you've listened to Commander Crunch before And I know you have uh, That we love to quiz people with and, and see what interesting things uh, come about from these questions But um, yeah, let's let's get straight into it and find out who j is as a person um, Okay <laughs> You know the first one, right? You know the first one—the barometer of, uh, of 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 what kind of person someone is—and uh...
1: super puke. <laughs> what?
0: Okay, super puke. What's super puke?
1: Pineapple and pizza.
0: Oh, yeah, you already like answered it. Fucking miscreants. Yes, pineapple and pizza, Jero. What's the uh, what's your stance? <laughs>
1: um,
2: uh, as long as this so are you, are you, is it the only one that's available
0: or not uh oh well you can you can add that uh uh addendum I, to the answer I that if pine- i'll have it if it's the only one but
2: yeah uh, i um because i'm i am still a football player <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah pineapple on pizza is something where i view that kind of a cdh where that's i i'm glad that it's there for the people who like it but it's not
0: for me <laughs> i love it that's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome um, Pet card you love May not be the best This will be an interesting one Well
2: I mean There's the obvious
0: <laughs> Manowar <of> <laughs> Yeah Manowar right Like yeah On someone on stick Yeah
2: mm. uh, I was, I was going to say On someone itself
1: But
0: <laughs> Yeah It's well, the heart, the yeah, heart. Same, oh, same yeah.
1: thing it, Really
0: But like Baron
2: That's nah. too easy right No uh, yeah. See War on a st- So the problem with Manowar On a stick Is that Manowar
1: Sorcery speed But <laughs> Yeah True Hmm unless you're playing you're um blinking it <laughs> one no, of my play, favorite things playing the oh man brain work <sighs> the artifacts
0: oh the vadelka Ori or oh, the palm the palm tree edition on uh, your ley line i love the palm tree edition greetings from hey. sandy beach
1: mm-hmm. yeah um that's
0: what we're, we're gonna go with a card of mine that's like a pet card
2: uh Try to think of something that's before uh, this would be Enduring Ideal. That was the card that took Ooh. me to the Pro Tour. And that was the first deck where I looked at, where I saw, like, the Pro Tour coverage. I was like, this is awesome.
0: This is epic?
2: Yep.
1: Need I say?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, Enduring Wowses. Ideal was, was what brought me to the Pro Tour, I and I won the only match I got to play with it. Uh, I love it. A year earlier, I played... Uh, an almost identical version except it was before modern horizons one came out. And so it didn't have a couple of the cycling cards. Yeah. I, I played it a year later and made the pro tour. Wow. Uh, I love enduring ideal because it's a re- <laughs> well, there's the repeated search effect. There's the, how do I assemble this to make it work? Um, also mm-hmm. the, there's the, the cards by themselves do certain things and, and in some cases can just win games. Yeah. Uh, Imagine something where I uh, turn to protection from a card that I name, named Valakit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, how are you going to beat me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, well. Yeah, that happened at a Grand Prix. Uh, turn to shut off Valakit and the Primeval Titan player just there, uh, the scapeship player just scooped.
0: Your volcano turns into a mild hill. It's a mound.
2: <laughs> I can also say that Scape Shift is another one of the the pet cards in terms of oh, cards that I really really like. Um, yeah. The reason for that being, I played a three color Scape Shift. Um, it was a Tummer Scape Shift uh, at a. This was before modern, so this was extended. And it's the source of one of the funniest stories I have from a from a uh, a Grand Prix. I have a lot of of those types of stories from from a PTQ. So this is a PTQ. This was an extended PTQ, and I we were ta- I was talking with a friend of mine uh, the night before about what I was going to bring to that event, and I decided, you know what, I'm I'm just going to bring Scape Shift, and then we were mm. looking through some of the recent results, and there was a Soul Sister stack. Um, the The proclamator engine, uh, so proclamation uh, yeah, yeah. of rebirth, uh, martyr, martyr of sands, gaining just obscene amounts of life. And yeah. this is a deck unreachable. De- so mine was a deck that was designed to cast uh, to to use like to use a rampant growth effect on turn two, and then cast scape shift uh, turn like four or five, uh, and deal eighteen damage. So my mm-hmm. goal was to do exactly eighteen damage on turn four. Their deck is designed to gain obscene amounts of life. I'm dealing exactly 18 damage because I'm hoping that they shock themselves first. Hmm. Can you see how this is not going to go well?
0: Oh, the math. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, yeah, that's, and that and people do often find like, ah, oh, the, you know, the, the, the soul sisters deck, uh, often like, so I buddy, kind of gets to an annoying range.
2: So I told my buddy, you know what? That's one deck that made the top 16 of of an event halfway across the world. There's no way I'm going to face that tomorrow. Yeah. First round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, one of the the things that came in, the the weird parts of this is I actually didn't have enough money on me to get the last. uh, I think it was a breeding pool. So I just put a regular mountain in instead, and it's like, you know what? The math is (laughs) off a little bit. So I did... uh, So I I cast Escape Shift, and the opponent had a Bant Charm, and the Bant Charm only uh, can't counter it because the the... So Bant Charm, charm I think, can only counter Instance. But he decides, you know what? I'm going to let it resolve. And Bant Charm couldn't have Mm countered it anyways. I figured out later, but... Decided, you said, know, I'm going to let it resolve and see just how much damage that guy can do. So <laughs> I found all the valicates, did all the mountain damage. He was still alive at like three, and I had done over 300 damage. And then <laughs> I played my land for the turn. The one extra mountain he didn't know was in the deck. <laughs>
0: wow wow it's so good it's so good and you're like thank you breeding pool thank
2: you <laughs> thank you store for not having a breeding pool exactly
0: yeah, i didn't have to waste my money oh that's excellent uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a true it's over nine thousand moment it's perfect wow. oh yeah
2: uh, uh had a number of funny stories like that and also a number of tragic but that was that was one of the funnier stories <laughs>
0: that is good that's good awesome well we'll keep telling stories as we move to the next one which is uh who would you the most like to have dinner or a drink with dead or alive real or fictional i mean uh, get as sentimental or as funny as you want uh are y'all options
1: <laughs> what's that i said are y'all options
0: <laughs> i mean of course uh <laughs> Who, who would you sleep with, alive or fictional? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, de- I'll definitely have dinner with it. It's like, and, and I've talked about it before. I'm a very grateful person, and it's just like you know, I get way too excited with the company of people that mean a lot to me. And and uh, yeah, have talked about that that mystical, uh, mythical one day when we get to go to uh, the 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 land of um, where all the magic happens, the states, and uh, had to get to catch up with all you guys. And, I yeah, don't get to, amazing.
2: I don't travel much either. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I was trying so hard to get onto the pro tour is because play the game, see the world playing the game was yeah. probably only, the only way I was ever going to see the world.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the same for most of us. We all got shafted.
0: Circumstance, yeah. I was going to say, it's like it's like the, the Inquest magazine ad, right? Like the early oh. one. And they're just like, oh, you can be this this magic player. Play the game. Yeah, be, travel the world. Isn't it like, like a in, in a hot air balloon or something? And it's like,
1: yeah, yeah pretty much. Know, but, like, yeah, I don't get
2: happen. to travel much. Uh, in fact, the events that I've gone to, the Pro Tour was in Minneapolis. The... Mm. Uh, Grand Prixs I've gone to have all been in the the Midwest area, I've driven yep. to them. Uh, I've never really traveled even within the U.S. I've never been wow. to the West Coast. I've never been to the South. Uh, I've really rarely. Don't. The only other country I've been to is Canada. I, I speak say, a lot like... of uh, I speak a lot of languages, and you've seen that I oh, even really? know some. Uh, I don't even know some of the some of the, uh, the
0: Aussie slang terms. I was about to say, do you know Australian though? <laughs> it's great. You've seen no, some I'm... of those.
2: Uh, yeah, I think uh, I actually. So one of the one of the things I've done as a D and D person is I tried to make a Pokemon version of D and D, and the <laughs> uh, one of the places I made was after Australia, and the, <laughs> the bad guys were the Team Bogans, I think. <laughs> the Bogans, the
1: Bogans. Yeah, it's
2: <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs>
1: Team, Bogan.
0: team Bogans. Team Bogans. See, Matt, we we call them bogans. Yeah. Oh, chesh. What would Sorry. the team Bogans say as their catchphrase? Oh, it's like, I know that. Blast off like an og. Blast <laughs> off in a in a in a um a Commodore at the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> Commodores are the uh, the the bog standard kind of just car run drives here. Uh, which is yeah. what is it? It's essentially a. It's
1: th- it's a, a four door sedan.
0: Yeah, but they've mm-hmm. they've got an analog to. A car in the states. What are they? They're, not, uh, they're not, Valiant
1: Charger, I guess. I think it's Valiant. So, like, it's a Holden, Holden
0: Commodore. Do they put the Chevy badges on there, or is that just another thing? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, people do wild things. They're usually uh, they're funny cars in that they're actually quite powerful for how cheap they are, and you know how rarely available <laughs> and everything. So, Wait, there were
2: a couple of times do. where I responded to some of your uh, some of your tweets and stuff with. Uh, <laughs>
0: Random Aussie
2: slang, and then ask oh did yeah I, did I say it right
0: <laughs> you and you you've always uh you've always kind of like maybe smile with that too it's come, like it's like, oh someone else knows the that exactly some of these weird things myself. actually
1: you know what going on this I have a question for you mm-hmm. so J-Ru is a meat pie
0: oh
2: um so meat uh you're talking about like a uh so sort of like a pasty or, uh, uh, actually I'm Jewish. And so I'm surprised we were actually it
1: know what a pasty is, to be honest. <laughs> pasty so is yeah. uh,
2: Northern Michigan.
1: Ooh, oh, right.
2: But Kanish yeah. is actually the Jewish version. Yeah. It, it's baked to
1: meat in a pastry shell. Yeah. does it That's have... technically
0: correct. Does it, is, is it also the design, designation that sometimes it doesn't have a roof?
1: Uh, sometimes it could be a cottage pie, which does not have a roof. Um, sometimes it can be a chicken pot pie, which I believe yep. has a roof, but doesn't have sidings because it's, it's cooked in the pot itself with the roof on the top, which makes it a pot pie. Interesting. Because it's a pot with a pie. Yeah. There's, there's whole many weird <laughs> different variations. We but love our pies, I, needless to say. I just love asking Americans what they think a, a, a fair dinkum fucking pie is, um, <laughs> And and actually worse is do you know what a sausage roll is mm. I found out recently that Americans generally speaking in the broad, broad sense do not know what a fucking sausage well, roll is Well, probably think it's something different Yeah somebody was like is it like a hot dog and I'm like no no think about it it's a sausage roll Oh I've seen that uh, I've seen that
0: happen with pastry but yeah Yeah
1: is it is it is it like a pig in a blanket I'm like you get it close <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about like the Irish so, version it's a, a, a variation of really. Okay. So far as I'm aware.
2: Um I am a, a chef and I I, I used uh, so I used to be a chef and and I've I've cooked them before. Nice. Um basically <laughs> eggs, sausage, onions, spices and such and in, in pastry in puff pastry yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. Okay. it's
0: it's one of our favorite things to to make during the week we Fucking um, delicious. Yeah, puff pastry. <laughs> we don't get that we don't get that really shitty sausage mints um the one you, you've seen all the recipes Chesh, when it's just like sausage mints and yeah you look in the supermarket and you look at the health star and it's like 0. 0.25 out of five <laughs> it's like it's basically dog food it's like mm, I don't want that yeah. sausage mints but they this, say
1: this is basically horse
0: hoofs <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, God, and yes. look, being being part Scottish, I get it. Yeah, I, f- I fucking get it. Oh I yeah, it, right? ignorance
0: is, bliss is uh you know, in terms of what's in your uh, in the in the sausage meat type thing. So um, yeah, yep. exactly. oh, So right you see, part of Scottish to you?
1: Are <laughs> you uh, a wee little Scotsman? Like. Oh, the funny thing about me
2: is that as a DM, I can omit uh, a, v- a variety <laughs> of different accents pretty decently. <laughs>
1: when i walk out into the sun you can tell because i start kind of glowing red um for years i've actually started dyeing my hair like different colors mostly red just to like mask it um on my first date with my partner after a, a night of drinking let's say um, we went out to breakfast um and we're sitting at the table we've just ordered you know lattes and and bacon and eggs and they look at me and they go Holy shit! I've never seen it before. You're a ginger. You're a fucking ginger. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. The the carpet matched the drapes. Did you not, <laughs> did you not <laughs> notice this? Well, uh,
2: like, I do find it interesting like, how she uh, she put all that out because she said that you're a fucking ginger. So how she never <laughs> yeah <that>. exactly
1: wow.
0: <laughs> Which is that, that's kind of like the Australian way though too. Like you you kind of you 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 start the the you you kind of uh, wrap a word with that in Scottish and it's kind of like the Australian way of, you know, it's it's like a term of endearment in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like fucking best mate, mate. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah,
1: it's just like we call each other the C word. Exactly. I was about to say it, but I wasn't going to say it. Exactly. I I was
0: like,
1: we call each other the C word. mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. Good. I like your restraint, Chesh. Thank you. Mm, Thank you. I'm... uh, a refined
1: piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> straight, I'm going to say,
0: Cheshire's, Cheshire's seen it too, be, uh, speaking of gingers, uh, but uh, I have kind of light brown hair-ish. Uh, You're a But yes, when I grow a beard. <laughs> oh, wow. <Yeah. laughs> we read. <laughs> exactly. You can call it,
1: just like I am a strawberry blonde. Oh, yeah. It's
0: actually just ginge. For some reason, uh, I used to care about like being called that, and I was like, no, I don't. No, dude. It's. Well, it's I'll, I'll embrace it. It's great.
1: So two things. The first one is being a ginger is extremely unique because of the generic variable, mm-hmm. uh, the genetic variable, um, meaning that uh, only a very small portion of the population is actually ginger or even partial ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a, a beautiful genetic flaw in our DNA. Great. Like- Excellent. Um, but you grow you, when you're growing up as a ginge,
0: like you're made to feel
1: it. A lot of people would just give you shit because you're so white <laughs> and you are, you know, a ginger, and your hair shows up, and yep. you know people can tell, and it's like a ginger, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just because I look different from you, like <laughs> you can fuck right off.
2: <laughs> hey, if we're talking about like differences and separating people, so my last name actually is Ro, Rowe, R O W E. Mm-hmm. Um, but that my grandpa made that last name. Uh, That's so interesting. I'm, I'm Jewish and family comes from Russia. We have, uh, some people who talk like this, they have the heavy <laughs> accent. I love it. Yes. I can imitate accents. Decently. This is one of them.
1: <laughs> so, so Russian vodka.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. We like the vodka very much because it can grow anywhere, even in the hills, in the mountains.
1: And it doesn't freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: this is true. This is true. So, my family come from Russia. And uh, <clears throat> they, so, the, the name was Rozhansky. But uh, the people in Russia, they don't like the Jews. Frankly, the people anyway, they don't like the Jews. But the people in Russia, they very much don't like the Jews. They were hating Jews before the Germans. They were the hipster hate the Jews. So <laughs> my family they come they, they want to leave the Russia so they come to America <laughs> and uh, at Ellis Island they they try to say the name they say Wasn't
1: that a great thing?
2: So they, they they come to America, they try to say the name, they say Rojansky, and the people there say, Well how you spell that? And they say, you know what, we call you Rosen R O S E N mm. because that is a stereotype name. So, my grandpa, he didn't want to be stereotype, so he changed it to Ro. <laughs> that is like, where the last name
0: comes Shorten,
1: shorten, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, it's a, it's a very Australian thing to do too. It's like, ah, oh, too hard to say, shorten it. And it's like, ah. yeah, yeah, most people. Don't worry,
1: Pe- people still can't um, spell my surname. They usually go with a K-A-I instead of a C-A-Y because apparently C-A-Y-N-E-S doesn't spell canes. Mm. Uh, and I've had people go, is it? canis and i'm like do i look like a fucking vulcan i would have said dog because i think that's <laughs> yeah. close
2: to the designation for dog K- k9 mm-hmm. wow that's yeah it's <laughs> oh it's not the US. but yeah um yeah so i think that's one of the many weird accents i can do which makes me such a pleasure as a dm oh yeah
0: that is a great story i love it i love it um We'll see if this uh, triggers any more accents. Who knows? Maybe it will. Uh, Jerry what's your uh, what's your video game hall of fame? It could be one, could be five, whatever you want. Um, the ones that influence.
2: Interestingly you. enough, so this is an, uh, so this will send me on another story. I <laughs> used to really dislike video games. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the reason silence, <laughs> you heretic. Do so, tell. I mean, the reason is because. Uh, When I was uh, was in kindergarten, I didn't have a lot of friends because I went to a few different preschools and then finally settled at one, but it wasn't the same one as any of these kids. And I went to the elementary school that was the farthest one from my house in the city, which was ridiculous. And the next year they corrected it. So nobody who was younger than me in my neighborhood went to the same school. Mm. So it was bad enough that I was going to a new school and didn't have a lot of friends or I didn't have any friends really. But the people I knew in my neighborhood didn't go, we're never going to go to the same school as me. At least not until mm-hmm. like high school. So I had no friends. I had a tough time making friends because they all knew each other. And <clears throat> in first grade, that was the first time I thought I had a friend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what a friend was. I just knew that it was somebody who was willing to tolerate me for a period of time. Oh, wow! And honestly, for a lot of people that I've considered friends, that's about how they view me. So, yeah, I'm sorry if that's too too depressing, but <laughs> no, that's not, fine. Not right. Not ending the story there. But in terms of how that relates to video games, they were twins. Uh, so my, my first pseudo friends were twins, and their parents made them find a friend or find somebody to hang out with other than each other. But mm. because they were twins and used to playing with each other, they wanted to play Final Fantasy, which was a one-player game. And what they would <laughs> do is just pass the controller back and forth between them while wow. I would sit and play with their cat if the cat came downstairs.
0: Wow. So Kids could be the shittiest. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I didn't like video games because, to me, they were associated with sitting there while somebody else got to play. Selfishness, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and they they weren't connecting with people. They weren't doing anything with anybody. Of course, that's changed a lot as somebody who now streams video games. yeah. Uh, yeah. The big change for me happened with Pokemon, which came out when I was in fifth grade. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. was four lonely years of not really knowing what a friend is. But still. Uh, so Pokemon came out, and one of my neighbors, who was younger than me, who was going to a different school, which bothered the crap out of me, uh, mm. had a birthday party where he got a Pokemon game. And honestly, it was almost like a let's play, because we were all watching so watching with, like, giant eyes as he played through this game, and we got to help him name things, and yeah, yeah. we got to help, uh, help him Twitch devise battle Twitch, right? strategies, yeah. and... Yeah, it was, it was a lot like Twitch before Twitch. And then I wound up eventually getting a group together, um, in high school, oddly enough, because I would play each of these games when they came out and there would be a couple of people and then it started to dwindle. And then I became a friend and then I went, I joined the games club. I found a bunch of people who had similar interests and every time a new game comes out, we play it together. Um, we play. We do Pokemon Go together still, um, which gets me off my fat ass and out. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, <clears throat> we sometimes do the max rate adventures in Sword and Shield. Uh, it really changed the way that I look at video games because it was the first time I saw them as a communal experience. Yeah, yeah. I was so used to them being isolating. And that was also kind of why I eventually went away from the what the single player games in my streams.
0: Mm.
2: It's because I didn't want to get back towards that isolation feeling.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about that in the site in in uh, what kind of solitary games because they mean a lot to me, I guess, and and you know what they've meant to me. Almost to sometimes online communities, I detract from them because they're toxic, and and you go, ah, oh, I just want to play this one because it's safe, you know, by myself. But yeah, it's 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 a really good point, and I've definitely had kids growing up that they were that kind of shitty kid, would not let you have a go or anything, and like you're just like, what are you doing? Why am I even at your house then? Like you know, like you're just like, am I just watching you, kind of thing? And uh, that's really interesting to to hear that that's actually
2: so Pokemon's playing, up there. Why do you think that? Yeah. Uh, another one that sort of shifted the way that I view games. And this is from a, a different perspective. Um, so I grew up in the 90s. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up with uh, with in, in the shadow of things like Columbine. And mm. one of the things that came about was all this uh, video games make people violent rhetoric. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. And 007 Goldeneye was a game that I uh, enjoyed playing, but my parents would never get it for I would I would never be allowed to have it because it was a shooter game and my parents were afraid it would make me violent. Yeah. So yeah. I would be allowed to have puzzle games, I would be allowed to have uh <clears throat> to have sport games, but I was never allowed to have Double O seven GoldenEye. So I would go over to a friend's house. uh, That's
0: exactly exactly the the friend uh,
2: the friend who I would eventually start playing Pokemon with was then my neighbor, uh, who went to a different school because the school system was shitty. Uh, So I would go over to his house and I would memorize the locations of every uh, the location and movement patterns of every NPC, and I would sneak up behind them and shoot them in the head. And I would not bother with trying to solve the whatever puzzle it was because I had puzzle games at home for that. I would not try to race against time because I had racing games for that. (laughs) The sole attraction to the game to me was being able to memorize the patterns and exercise that.
0: Being a true 00 agent.
2: (laughs) I guess I would do that for the, (laughs) the citizens, the civilians as well. It's just uh, memorizing the movement patterns of every single character that was on there. So even the people I wasn't supposed to shoot. (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: The scientists.
2: (laughs) Because what they wound up doing, or my parents wound up doing, was they made that the reason to play the game. Mm. As opposed to just viewing it as a game that had violence. They made it uh, about the violence. Oh, interesting. So to me, that that was really my way of now, when I'm looking at it retroactively, of saying the belief that violent video games make violent people is bunk. Because, Mm. well, first off, lots of people play these games and didn't wind up doing anything. And second, because the more you fixate on that aspect of the game, the that's more of what it becomes. The more you romanticize that aspect of the game. Yeah, totally.
0: Never thought about it that way. Yeah. That's that's super interesting too. And it's it's like it's it's interesting. I remember seeing growing up like a, a lot of different family dynamics, of course, your friends, whatever. Um but the ones which were very much about you can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, uh and especially you you, you know, for, for said reasons type thing. Are generally the ones where the kids absolutely uh, did everything in their power to do those things, and um, there's even the ones like I mean, you know, I won't get into drinking, drugs, whatever. But I know, I know, some kids went absolutely off the rails, and it's like I mm-hmm. don't know, you know, the various reasons why, but it's it's generally it was like
2: if it's uh, an external reason for doing or mm-hmm. not doing something, then as soon as that's gone, they're gonna there's nothing keeping them from it.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's just fascinating to think about too, and it's cause and effect, and it's it's what you know, nurturing as well, and responsibility is a big belief in in you know the way I like to look at it. And like, I'm not a I'm not a a parent, you know, yet or anything like that. But it's the the type of thing that always goes on in my mind, like how how did I feel growing up with the responsibility and how much was kind of going, no, you can't do this and what that actually made that feel like kind of thing. And and even certain messages and, uh, you know, you grow to realize your parents aren't perfect, but, you know, certain things may actually still trigger later on down in life, of course, like all the time because of something you were told not to do, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know the one that's like don't be selfish type thing and it's like that manifests in a way that, daily i'm so paranoid about burdening people and it's like that kind of thing it's it's really interesting that those messages and i know a lot of people from my generation have the same thing and it's 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 interesting how those kind of things go and that you know teaching and being a being a parent is not easy and and it's uh you know just infinitely fascinating and i think the least you can do is think about it so yeah and so i already love what you're talking about as as far as uh tangibly identifying things when it comes to being a teacher and where you were influenced along the way too. And and yeah, that, that bit you said about your teacher that influenced you really spoke to me about someone kind of extending the, the kind of hand to go, look, I, I, I respect you you know you may be way younger than me but I respect you and it's something I feel like is often lacking from you know educational kind of senses and, and sometimes even parent structures too but yeah that's some uh, that's some deep deep water though sorry <laughs> yeah good times but um, yeah but uh, yeah I mean Pokemon right <laughs> Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> good times. Uh, Goldeneye, interesting. Yeah, I, um, I, I've, again, I've never thought about Goldeneye that way and and, and the way uh, that kind of manifests depending on the way you've kind of been told to look at something. So, um, again, appreciate your stories. Love it, love it. Um, next one was, would you be able to recommend us an album of the music variety?
2: Um, um, <laughs> it's interesting because I've say- gone through um, – I've gone through different time or different times where I appreciate different things, but it, there are some albums that I listen to a decent amount of times. At the four, at the forefront, though, it's going to be Edema of the State. As as a as a '90s kid growing up with Blink and such,
0: yeah. I remember, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking it up and it's like going down a little memory lane. I was like, oh, I remember this. And I remember like Rage in the Morning, which is our music TV show. And, uh, you know, the whole vibe around that, you know, the pop punk genre kind of uh, being a, uh, you know, thing that influences at school as well. So, yeah, nice. Skate punk as well, they kind of call it. Mm-hmm. I love skate
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a lot of, uh, that was a a, for a good amount of period of time. That was, that was something that was important. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, I do like classics, or sort of classics like the Beatles as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all of the Beatles. Beatles so I don't know how you can't. Beatles?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Everybody has Liverpool accent too. I don't know how.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, you knew they was going to leave to a different
0: accent, didn't you? <laughs> oh yeah. So where are we going now, where are we going now. Is uh <laughs> is he somehow gonna to get to dropkick Murphys and, and go back to Irish, I guess. No,
1: we don't talk about dropkick Murphys. I
0: don't yeah, I it's I'm out of the loop. Did something happen? <laughs> uh
1: no, not not
0: exactly. I <laughs> Hmm. to leave that leave that on the table if you want, Chesh. That's fine. No,
1: no, it's cool. I have a personal thing against Dropkick Murphy's because they are religious sellers. Right? Ah, yes. I did not know that.
2: I do not. Know that. Uh, I do like yes. gross tattoo, but otherwise, yeah, not a big fan. Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. Look. Um. One of one of my favorite bands. I think everyone knows. Sam, do you know who I'm going to talk about? Uh,
0: do, do one with an accent.
1: <sighs> you disappoint me, son.
0: The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> the Aquabats. Oh, really? No, I I wouldn't have picked that. The
1: the coolest pop-punk superhero band in the world. Ah. Um, And they're amazing like, by the way. Holy shit. Oh,
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of Yeah, Interesting. Interesting.
2: I I momentarily (laughs) thought you were talking about the Fruit Bats. Those are good. They're good, too. Oh, I
0: I do love the Fruit Bats, yeah.
2: Like when you love someone, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. the Aquabats it's being. Hard a, to think
2: about anything
1: but to <laughs> but <breathe. laughs>
0: So I was saying before that any uh yeah, any any magic card can be turned into a song, of course, and uh, it's mm-hmm. something again to look forward to if you ever play J Row on the uh, <laughs> on the spell table The Aquabats <laughs> exclamation mark, super show, exclamation mark yeah. comedy series. Ah.
1: The nice Aquabats, Super Show.
0: <laughs> yeah, people also search for Blink-182 So there you go Oh, we're getting into real big fish territory then uh, If people search for other things Because the fourth genre on there is ska mm, Exactly But if we're going to get into some, uh, some, in-
2: some interesting or strange areas So there are some songs always, that always. are just like mood changing songs for me mm-hmm. And one of the ones since uh, I used to listen to an oldies channel When I was growing up was uh, out of Chicago actually I listened mm-hmm. to Chicago baseball, even though I lived in Michigan, and I would listen to some uh, some of the like sixties, seventies. Uh, Daydream Believer was always one that could, it could alter a mood for me. Yeah. Oh, I, I could hide neath the, oh, the monkeys. Yes. Of the bluebird as she sings, six o'clock yeah. alarm whenever never ring.
0: And, and I love like holding them for when you need them to, and mm-hmm. it's it's you know. Um, they kind of are the the arrows in the quiver. they're like, well, they have a powerful ability,
2: yeah, I, I have a, a list of songs that are the opposite end of the spectrum, like so uh I guess this is kind of weird because it, it goes back a little bit to when I was a baby, but uh, mm. so there was the school of thought that when the kid uh, when the baby's crying, you just let them cry it out. Because otherwise, yeah, yeah. they'll learn to be dependent on the parents, which is bunk. Huh. So, my parents subscribed to it, at least for a little bit. And I was crying in my room, and they were just turned the TV up louder, and then they heard a loud bang. Huh. And they came upstairs and they saw me standing like a gymnast who had just uh, done a, an incredible move, except unlike Simone Biles' last time. But. Uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, she's awesome. I'm glad she's taking the time she needs. But suffice it to Mm. say, I actually stuck the dick spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, That's a terrible joke. But, yeah, uh, so they learned not to just let me cry it out, but I still kind of do. If I'm feeling bad, I want to make myself feel as bad as I could possibly Ah, feel. Get that out of me and then move forward.
0: Yeah, and like feel it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> I know what you mean.
2: Yep. Just wherever I can find where that that hurt is, get that out. Get yeah. that as hard as I can.
0: So what is that? What is that pinnacle?
2: There's a. Uh, there's a few different ones that I that I have that, that do something like that. Um, and there are also just scenes from shows that do that too. Hmm. Um. It's. So some of the ones that we'll do that are let's see, I Shall Be Released by
0: the Band. Okay. Um, that's one that hits me in a in a different spot. I'm, I'm seeing what record this is too because I'll uh, I've no doubt see this all the time uh, when flicking through records and it's something I should absolutely pick up then. Oh, yeah, I know the, the cover. Yeah. Uh,
2: right. I'll, I'll Follow You Into the Dark,
0: uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, 100%. That is, mm, talk to Gavin Verhey about that one. About just uh, mm-hmm. their, oh no, did, did he say Sarah said one of them anyway? That 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 whole that whole album is just like some of the most amazing lyrics I've ever heard. But yeah, that um, one,
2: Last Hope uh, Paramore. Oh, a, yeah. lo- a lot of Linkin Park things hit different, especially uh, at, so now that Chester has passed, and especially mm. in the way that he did. Oh. Mm. Uh, I probably shouldn't listen to this one too many more times, but Adam's song, I Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. that's true. Yeah, that that one I've listened to way too many times, but still hits. Um, full Metal, so from Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Uso that the well, one of the original uh, intros. That's one of the few in a different language that hits. Yeah, that's also Do just spend- remembering the <clears throat> remembering Full Metal and that story. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was going to say, do you know much um, Japanese from uh, your language kind of? Yeah,
2: around? Uh, I, know nice. some, I know a decent amount of Japanese. I actually taught in Japanese school, uh, Japanese oh, immersion cool. school. I taught computers to kindergartners, which yep. was really weird because I didn't know much Japanese. They didn't know much English. And so anime saved my butt.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so totally.
2: Naruto taught me how to count from the tailed beast.
0: <laughs> and so that's how I got their attention. But uh,
2: Uso, Fodari, yeah. yeah, Uso from Full Metal Alchemist.
0: <laughs> That's my favorite part. Learning <laughs> Japanese, everything, a lot of the stuff I I learned through school and stuff was through song, and it was mm-hmm. like a lot of the, the like teaching teaching mechanisms. And like you still always remember like how the songs go. Like of all the things in my brain, it's like these these Japanese songs. It's great. But um, yeah, I, I get you on the the a lot of anime interests too have. And even outros, there's plenty of outros I'll always remember, um, as the the more somber ones often, you know, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those
2: are a few that that just hit and those
0: hit that sweet spot sometimes where, when that needs to get hit. Great list and, and great acknowledgement too that that is totally something. And I know people have their different coping mechanisms in certain ways. And I know some some people want to listen to the angriest thing possible, and that's com- completely cool too because everyone's built differently. And um, yeah, yeah I, I kind of. Res- I, I was interested to hear what kind of songs you are going to go to then.
2: It depends on how you're feeling. Sometimes when you're feeling totally. angry, you want to listen to more, you want to listen to different songs. Maybe that's thrash metal for you.
0: But yeah, for totally, me, totally.
2: a lot of those emotions that I want to get out aren't necessarily anger. It's more pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Completely. hundred percent agree. Uh, next one was, what's your favorite piece of magic art? Um... <clears throat>
2: I don't usually pay that much attention to the art, Mm -hmm. uh, but Library of Alexandria. And I have a couple couple copies of it. I wish I could play it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to go to Pet Cards, I wish I could play. (laughs) Yeah, I actually had to pull... uh, I had a library in a deck and forgot that it was banned, and I was playing it on stream, and I had to sub it out for a Biblioplex, and I was so sad.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's, like, completely powered down now. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It, I mean, like there's the something game about game it being game. so
0: so uh, powerfully, and it, there's a there's a few old cards that do this for me too, but they're so powerfully uh, non-isometric. Like it's so just directly one dimensionally in your face that has like it's there. Is it Armageddon clock also strikes me that way? There's something so powerful about it just being symmetrical in like right there. Always gets me. It's just like it's a clock on a map. Even Thran Dynamo too, actually
2: yeah Uh, otherwise i really uh i guess the other thing related to magic art that i would talk about is uh i have ocd Uh, Mm um so i like things certain ways and such and one of the ways it manifests itself in magic is that all of my basics and all of my decks are the same
0: oh as in across all of them too so you choose the one basic of each each land
2: yeah, and with the issues with Noah Bradley recently, I had to take three of them and replace them, which was upsetting. Wow, wow, that's that's a huge amount, too. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it was the Naya, the Naya colors in every single deck that had Naya mm. colors. But yeah, so every deck that I pick up will have the same basics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a, I guess a, an interesting thing about art and my decks.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye out for which ones they are, the, uh, which favorites. I love it. Uh, they come from
2: either Zendikar or Battle for Zendikar because those were the sets that I opened more than any others because I wanted those full art basics.
0: Oh, I love it. Good answers. Uh, next one was recommend us a movie. Is there a particular type that you're looking for Ooh, well much like watch much like music I, I I subscribe to your belief system too that like uh you can just you can just absolutely uh, watch a certain kind of movie for a certain kind of emotion or, or feeling or you know some of my favorite movies I don't feel like watching all the time that kind of thing um but I don't know it could be something personal to you or something you uh you particularly uh think that needs more more eyes on it or a bit more respect?
2: I suppose the one that I would do for that one would be The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, interesting. It's a, So it's a low budget but still very well acted, paced, uh, directed uh, movie. Mm. I'm not sure it's if i of em- you have seen it, but it, it's an awesome no. movie. No.
0: It's got Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's, that's, I was trying All to get one that would be a little bit different. The other one I would go with is Searching. That yep. is one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen in terms of how it was told. Uh, so that's with John Cho, who's actually doing a dramatic <laughs> turn. I like that there's the Asian-American representation in it, but it's also mm-hmm. awesome in how it's told. And uh, yeah. it's it's found footage, but not in a way that's jarring. It's found footage off of a computer.
0: Off browsers and stuff. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that yeah, trailer for this. Yeah, Very, very interesting. So
2: those are two that I would recommend just in general, because they are thrilling movies. They keep you on the edge of mm. your seat. They offer a variety of different experiences within the, uh, with, so within it, and they make you think about it after the movie's over.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love it. Plenty to add, uh, couple to add to the list for sure, but no, no, super interesting ones that like, um, have vaguely much more vaguely heard of autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, but worth, you know, definitely want to check it out. Um, but yeah, that's. I had. It's one of those things. The searching was something I'd seen in trailers, that kind of thing, but completely forgot about. It. And it's just because there is so much stuff going around. But definitely mm-hmm. a reason to go re- revisit and check it out. Finally, no, excellent. No, always love innovative, innovative use of storytelling too, where it's like we're we're going to try something different here.
2: Well, uh, I don't think I mentioned, but I am also a published author. That was one of the oh, things
0: really? that I did uh, last
2: summer because I was struggling with. Uh, I had to leave my job uh, last Mm. summer uh, that I had been in three years for three years. And I love those students. This was going to be my first time seeing students from freshman year to senior year. And I had to leave that job because I disagreed with their COVID procedures. Yeah. Which was just heartbreaking because I wouldn't get to see these kids again. Um, and ultimately they didn't even record their graduation. So I never got to see them graduate at all. Oh shit. But, uh, yeah. So I wound up getting a, uh, <clears throat> so getting a book published, uh, in October of last year. Uh, it's called Ovecas Perdidas because of course it has other languages in it. I speak Spanish fluently. Mm-hmm. So it's set in Spain with, a uh, so around the German occupation, uh, because Germans did occupy Spain, but Franco actually fought them off. So it's mm. an interesting little period in time when the Germans were there, but they were essentially powerless. So they were trying to do their thing, and they were trying to catch the Jews, but the people of the of the area were resisting. It's
0: a story not really uh, much told, absolutely.
2: <clears throat> so, yeah, there's two sort of parallel stories. One of them is the German who attempts to kill the Jew and the gun misfires. And mm-hmm. the Jew who has to, who only recently found out she was Jewish because they didn't really want it. after the Spanish inquisition, they didn't really want anybody knowing they were Jewish.
1: Mm.
2: So <clears throat> both of them are having to deal with this sudden religious awakening. On one hand, there's the, well, this challenges everything I believed about religion and on the other hand, there's the, well, this is currently challenging everything that I ju- was just told about religion.
0: Mm. They're
2: both asking the question, why was this person saved?
0: That's so powerful. It's like yeah, I, I, I could actually uh I could actually see this as like a movie script in a way. And like <laughs> could be really creatively told. Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah.
2: But yeah, those are some of the stories that exist in my head. It's not just for making crazy magic decks.
0: <laughs> oh no, I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Love it. Awesome. Um We've got one uh, here that uh, does relate back to uh, uh, a previous one we talked about, but uh, do you have a, a Pokemon you, you resonate with and uh, you, you could almost, almost call your favorite?
2: Well, yeah, my favorite is going to be Ursaring because uh, my name's Jeremy. That's my, my real first name. Uh, Jerbear uh, is what my parents call me. Uh, Bear me is what my sister calls me. So Ursaring has a special place, but
0: Duskull's getting there too. Because oh. unsummoned Duskull. <laughs> that's good. Uh, these are these are a little bit outside of. Uh, oh no, I remember earth ring. Yeah, earth ring, and then uh, second and, and third Duskull. generations.
2: I think it's a skull that's kind of
0: friendly. There's like uh, yeah, exactly. the actually Summon skull and such. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, and to round it all out, in just a few words, what what do you think magic means to you?
2: So magic is uh, it's a community. Where I have found the degree of acceptance, and it's uh, an outlet for creativity. Yeah, is that too br- to no, brief? No,
0: that's perfect. You, yeah, no, no that's, that's the
1: internet is a series of tubes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's excellent, and and like the creative <laughs> outlet is is exactly you know one I resonate with too, and you know a bit of purpose too. But I'm I'm very happy uh, you know to have you on to share that too, and and to hear those stories because. Uh, but, you know, it is the power of that kind of community we we cultivate, type thing. So yeah, no, love it, love it. In that case, I think it's time to kind of round it out and bookend it, as as it were, after talking about books with what we often like to do uh, as the entertaining, and it's going to be the uh, any non magic media that's had our tastes or attention this week, and it could be music, could be could be books, could be movies, shows, whatever. But yeah, and I'll invite you, J to jump into uh if if you think of anything as well that you've kind of been vibing off that's that's particularly had your attention. But um Chesh, go for it.
1: I'm in need of a good single player online shooter. Interesting. Here's the thing.
0: <laughs> Sign up um, now.
1: <laughs> I tried scavengers. Mm-hmm. It's not great. I mm-hmm. I play PUBG regularly with hashtag the boys, which is actually not all filled with boys. Um with the peeps, I probably should say, but I'm used to calling the crew the boys.
0: Um, which, um, it's technically multiplayer, or
1: uh, it is. It is at, um, and, and it's it's an online one to four player game. Mm-hmm. So you get in your little group and you go and shoot other one to four player teams. Battle royale um, type, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's battle royale, but it, it's just like. Only so much you can fucking put up with. Yes, that <laughs> is true, that is true. No tanks, no helicopters, <laughs> and there's a new battlefield coming out soon, so I'll probably buy that once it comes out and be happy. But until then, like, I'm I'm fucking on the search, yeah. so email us.
0: <laughs> come at me, bro. Love it.
1: Come, come at me. And Go then me.
0: You... <laughs> you checked out Space Jam as well you had here. Oh,
1: dude. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to preface this by saying it's okay that some movies aren't for you. Mm -hmm. If you are a movie critic or an ex-movie critic like myself, you can separate your your own feelings to look in the background of what this thing is, who it's aimed for, and should they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. No child will like this movie. It's bad. Which one of the new one. With LeBron? Yeah. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. A new legacy. It's, it's actually worse than the Michael Jordan one. Oh, no. And I didn't think that was possible, but apparently it is. Oh, dear. And they use references to the fucking Matrix. What? Is that reference for the adults? Because the adults just don't care. <laughs> the kids definitely don't care. Like, this feels like it was written by a 50-year-old for 20-year-olds. Wow. Like, the language that's used, the, like, uh, you know, the, the LeBron's son is, like, uh, hashtag spoilers, no one's going to fucking watch it anyway. Um, <laughs> LeBron's kid is is not wanting to play basketball like Dad. Instead, he wants to program video games. And ultimately, the villain, who is a fucking AI. Oh, wow. Jesus I Christ. didn't see that coming. <laughs> The villain, who is an AI, uses the kids' video game to suck them into playing
0: basketball. Oh, and they have NBA 2K microtransactions, maybe? It gets
1: worse because it's not based on fucking basketball. The points are based on style and
0: flair. Interesting. So it's a dunk contest.
1: But not even because there's not much fucking dunking. <laughs>
0: just do cool layups.
1: Because <laughs> it's based on modern basketball, which is trash. It's all fucking shoot the ball, like, shoot threes. <laughs> oh, God, but, <laughs> I really want to
0: watch this now just to like to, to feel this. You know what?
1: It's 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 James Harden. This exactly <laughs> actually exactly this day last year. It is James yeah, Harden.
0: Dribbles yeah. ball, dribbles ball, looking dribbles dumbfounded
1: balls, as Carson Edwards races up being his like five foot nine self and does a left-handed dunk over the top of James Harden and James Harden just looking at Carson Edwards dunking on him going what the fuck was that since when did you learn to dunk (laughs) wow I don't necessarily
2: want to see it I want to see the cinema sins on it
0: yeah exactly and that is gonna be brilliant wow um yeah, glowing glowing <laughs> review for Space Jam there. Good stuff, Jesh.
1: Yeah. do just don't bother. Just fucking watch the original Space Jam. It's disappointing enough. Or
0: if you want your basketball fix, I'll uh, I'll I'll shoehorn mine one in there. Uh watch the thirty for thirty uh Dennis Rodman um feature, which showed up yes. on one of our local channel kind of um streaming services. And I was like, Yeah, all this and then all these other thirty for thirties, which I love, lap them up, watch watch any of them. Um, but the the Dennis Rodman story is incredible. It is is as they say, you can't write some of this stuff. It would just like it wouldn't fiction like would be unbelievable. No one would believe you. Yeah, Yeah. no one would believe it. The whole you know (laughs) after what is I, I can't spoil how great the the story of the career is and and what you know Dennis has had one of the most interesting lives, careers, whatever, and delves into mental health, delves into uh substance abuse of course and 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 like pain and then i think a lot of the time where you couldn't speak out and be an emotional person or else everyone's like why are you doing that you're weird or you're weak and it's like it's heartbreaking it really is um and then also the other side of the detroit pistons that we all know the last dance painted them to be you know the most awful people on the planet which they're not necessarily yeah, they played rough. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. They, they probably <laughs> always everyone hurt. everyone outside of the Pistons. Almost they, they gave they, people they, spinal they injuries at times, but yeah, far out. But yeah, exactly. But you see this side of it, which is, it was a family, and it's like, okay, so this was a place for Dennis Rodman to be accepted for the you first time. You know what it moment. was? Yeah. It What's was that?
1: A, it was a fucking, it's, it's fucking gang mentality. Kind of, yeah. Like... Um, I, I only just realised this. Like, it really is just gang mentality.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, you got to watch it, Chess. You'll you'll love the Doco, all the things about Dennis Rodman, the teams no, he played Dom, for. And...
1: stay away. We didn't mention your family.
0: Which one? What? Dom, Dom, just to get in on the the memes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, um, but yeah, so and then 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 a, and Furious. then oh, gotcha. <laughs> this then is a, all about family. <laughs> 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 gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Memes, have, memes have been running rampant. Um, but yeah, as I kind of hinted to you guys before, like it's the end of it as well. To go, yeah oh, that'd be make an incredible story and one of the most interesting of any player in NBA history. If it ended there, but it didn't. And uh, after his career, it's uh, yeah, it kept going. And Dennis Rodman became did friends with the dictated stuff. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> did. That's that's what I mean. You like you can't you can't oh, write this stuff. Um, Dennis Rodman, of course, becoming um, friends with Kim Jong-un. And it's like th- th- there's a time, there's a quote there, they go, uh, the you know, the, the kind of intelligence services in the States at one point might not have known as much as Dennis Rodman did about <laughs> this guy. Like that's they're like, wow, of, of all people. And like you got, you know, like kind of as people saw as a little bit unhinged at that time in life too, like, you know, still... Quite often drunk and that kind of stuff. You've got completely this, drunk all the time, but just a um, color every five minutes. But you can't fault the emotion. Wedding dresses. Yeah, the, the, the emotional kind of like how passionate this this individual is. Yeah, it just just watch the story, Dennis Rodman. Seriously, there's there's so much there. There's so much amazing stories to be told. Um, a lot of sympathy you feel at the end because he even has a point. He goes, I think he even reflects on like what it means to be famous and like. Would you want that? (laughs) No, probably not, like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, Plenty of great – the thing I love in basketball the most too, rebounding and defense and hustle. That's also why, I, I, as a player, I adore Dennis Rodman, being that his correlation to his size uh, as as a rebounder, only him and Charles Barkley are anywhere near that level of – and, and but I've seen a scattered graph of it. This statistic of there's the size of the player and the amount of rebounds average. Uh, there's generally a scatter chart correlation. There's these massive outliers that are miles to the north, and they're two players, and it's Charles Barkley and Dennis Rodman. And he was averaging like 18 boards a game or something, like you know, in some season, which is just absurd. He's only he's six foot seven, like, and even then, like the Charles Barkley thing, they even say that's what they're listed as. How big are they really? And I think he he was. I'm pretty sure six for seven Charles Barkley. They try and say he's like basically as low as six, four, you know, even shorter than what he's listed, but I digress anyway, but yeah, check it out. The, the, the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30. It's so fascinating for sure.
2: So going in descending order. So we start with a movie, then we go to a special and I'll go with something that was just a a little aspect of a special. Um, Interesting. So the NBA honoring Terrence Clark was awesome. Uh, so Terrence Clark uh, was a Kentucky player who would have been yeah. eligible for the draft, and unfortunately died in a car accident. And so the NBA drafted him
0: posthumously. Yeah, yeah.
2: and then you see the clip of it, and his brother go, and "This is the little kid brother going." That's Terrence, just yeah. just rending, man.
0: Absolutely heartbreaking, yeah. Uh, I this uh, happened a few months ago, I'm pretty sure, too, and I remember their talk about yeah. it, and they're just like, it's it's a dream, um, like, you know. a day ago. Um, oh, as in the uh, passed away, wasn't it?
2: Oh, past, passed away was, was a couple months ago. Um, yeah, um, a couple months dra- ago, I remember The draft thing that. was a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, and... Um, yeah, I need I need to follow up on uh, on on what all the teams are looking at after the draft now because I, I didn't even I didn't I usually follow draft day and I didn't even watch it so and I've got I've just found the clip of the um the the honor but uh, yeah far out I'm 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 really glad they did that too and of, of course like why wouldn't they um they've done a similar thing when uh, what was his name Isaiah Austin was one of the top prospects and he had a career ending uh. What, what was it, kind of, um, I think it was a disease even uh, that got kind of identified just before he got drafted and said, no, look, under the kind of regulations of the NBA, we can't even kind of uh, let you play. And they kind of, the NBA drafted him as a, as a sign of respect in a way and kind of put him into a, um, gave him hey uh, a position uh, in some of the head offices and that kind of thing too. But this, of course, is on another level too, and it, but it shows that, you know, they have to kind of honour this player. Because you think what it would what he would have been. It'd be amazing. But um yeah. No, check it out for sure. Awesome. So um yeah, no, I think that's I think that wraps to uh, to a, what we can call an episode with a capital E. Um but yeah, again, I thank you so much, uh, J-Ro and Chesh, and as always, but uh for hanging yeah. out, sharing stories. You know. It's good to do this on this time frame to really kind of dive in and and not feel like we're kind of Pushing uh, this too hard every week and means we can take our time and you know really listen to some awesome stuff. Um, yeah, every every couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll kind of sign it off with uh, where we can find you. But uh, JRO, where where can the people find you?
2: So at Coach underscore J underscore R O on uh, Twitter, at Twitch TV backslash Unsummoned Skull uh, is the uh, so that is the uh my my twitch channel uh i have the uh the the discord the skull symbol uh so those are a few different places the youtube channel will be starting next week and that'll also be on summon skull
1: nice nice
0: awesome chesh where can the people find you
1: uh you can find me in the bottom of the barrel um, badly decomposing you can also find me on uh, Twitter as Chess Plays on Twitch as Cheshire Plays Games on YouTube as Chess Plays Games. You can also find my NBA mail time and guest spotlights over at Chess Breaks. Nice. Uh, you can find my NBA slabs if you want to buy them at CheshBreaks.com.au, <laughs> um, Cuz why not? Exactly. Chat um, it out. And the Card Punter, you can find me at Card Punter on YouTube as well if you're interested in NBA breaks and you want to know the breakdown of a brand new set. Um, and that that channel has been on fire like NBA Jam. It has been like, <laughs> I, I get 500 views in five days. like, wow, yeah. who knew that I could provide a service that was primarily, let's be honest, for me, uh, but ended up being something that everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. So, keep keep yeah, providing, I love you.
0: it sweet um uh, you can find me wherever the uh, skeleton ship sails and uh, yeah that is at past jam sam on the Twitters and on the instagrams but more importantly you find the podcast uh, cmdRcrunnch.phisight.fm is the website uh, at cmdR underscore crunch is Twitter uh, at CmdR is Instagram and you can send thoughts feedback uh, questions pictures of cephalids to CmdrCrunchPodcast at gmail.com. Um yeah join the conversation get in touch uh you know come hang out we're uh, always always keen for a game that kind of thing it um yeah it's been awesome so anyway all right we'll we'll sign off anyway with a little bit of advice but um uh, yeah i mean more than anything thanks for joining us Jared it's been awesome to to tell your story and and you know uh i feel like you you do a lot of kind of uh kind of cultivating other people and and the, the the community that kind of thing and i know you you, you get your spot on um mtd and quarantine uh podcasts as well but all i want to do is kind of get you on and let you tell your stories because you got some awesome ones and i know they Thank they you. can keep flying. so thanks so much man
2: now there's plenty more for another day if that should come
0: <laughs> and it Quick will advice yeah, advice. Any, yeah, any advice for our listeners before we sign off, J.R.? You buried that lead. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: biggest piece of advice I would have is if something doesn't exist, make it. Uh, that's yeah. how it happened with uh, the community that I wound up creating. Um, <clears throat> I It didn't exist, and so I decided I was going to make it. Um, and you have the ability to do that as long as
0: you <clears throat> basically aren't a dick. Yeah. Totally. Hashtag don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. That's great advice. Too.
1: Thanks for waiting.
0: Exactly. <laughs> all, right, all right, you, Chish. Uh, the
1: difference between cotton and nylon <laughs> is breathability. <laughs> and if you want your downstairs to breathe.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. 100%. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Absolutely.
1: Because otherwise you are going to get swampy
0: sweat. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No one wants to put their mouth down there. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, well. Not with a swampy sweat. Um, <laughs> not swampy times. <laughs> oh, swampy underpants, shish. Uh I'll just say uh, kind of what i kind of said before, which is, um, you know, you're the only one that can give you the gratitude that you need and, um, you know, you matter, uh, you know, and, and, and let yourself know that kind of thing. So, yeah. Take care, friends. Meow. Ah. Bye.